Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Zodiac Lovers, Episode 9. I'm your host, Ampoo, the Urban Guru, rolling with my co-host, the one that do the most. <laughs> Peace, family. It's Nick Hilder. Uh, welcome to Episode 9 of the Zodiac Lovers. We are more than halfway through this wheel. We only got about, we only got four more houses. Yeah, including this one, yeah. <clears throat> So today we 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 in the ninth house today. We're talking about uh, Sagittarius, um, uh, higher understanding, mental expo- exploration. But before we get into that, let us get some announcements from our sponsor, the Inner White House Radio Station. Yeah, I mean, I know what I'm gonna say, man. Go to my astrology coach. Get up on this Toel Love Fund. Um, you know, where we pay our members' bills, thirteen bucks a month. And, um, you know, we just go down the line, pay four people's bills at the end of the month, and, you know, we just keep it moving. Six years in the making, you know what I mean, working on seven, man, just really grinding, going hard, and, um, you know, doing the right thing with it, you know what I mean? So go to myastrologycoach.com, click on Membership tab. You're going to see the Toel Love Fund right there, you know what I mean? Really a great thing. Um, also, man, mark calendars, man, on uh, Saturday. And um, Saturday, June 24th, we're going to be in Philly for our first annual appreciation dinner. Uh, you know, we just wrapped up this in Vegas um, this past weekend. So this is now about to be, if I'm not mistaken, trip number 18. So 18 trips we didn't, you know, events we didn't put together, you know, traveling on these sacred points called the equinox and the summer solstice and whatnot. We don't do anything on the winter. But um, come join us for the summer solstice June which is a Saturday event. Um, it's a real deal, super cheap, man. Keep it 100 with you. It's only like $125, you know what I mean? But dinner's going to be served. Um, you would have desserts going to be served. If you're vegetarian, vegan, still come through because they got dishes for you as well. And uh, we're just going to hand out some awards and really just duper thanks to, you know, the people who've been rocking with us and support us. Uh, even if you're not a member and you just want to be in company and good spirit, we we super encourage through as well, and um, so we can have a great conversation, man, and just you know really get it in. So that's going to be in Philadelphia at the Double Tree, right there by the airport to keep it convenient for you. So all y'all on the Eastern Seaboard, you know, which I know a lot of people are. This is you know we coming we coming that way. So market calendars for June 24. You can see that event on my astrologycoach.com, and you can go over to, what is that? Go to events and click on um, retreats. You'll see it right there and whatnot. And, um, you know, and also, too, I'm telling y'all, heads up, waiting for the flyer to come back today. But um, go to theimaginationguru.com and get on the mailing list because the Positron Pass um, is about to come out, which the 21-day challenge again uh, in April. So that way you can, you know, get on that. If anybody got any issues, anything that's plaguing you, memories that's plaguing you, I'll give you the scientific model and put you on a 21-day routine um, to help you, you know, uh, rewire that past experience and really understand what's going on in your brain. Uh, we just firm believers that if you can see it and you know what's going on, quote-unquote, biologically, 
um, then it should be much much easier for you to dedicate yourself and tap into the change that you wish to um, have. So make sure you're on the mailing list um, for us at theimaginationguru.com. Um, and, of course, the mass email is going to come out as soon as that flyer is available. You should get something next week. Um, it's going to let you know when the open enrollment is and everything. So it will be on the site. In fact, you can check with us for real, for real, Sunday. It should be up on the website. So just stay abreast with us, man, because that's, that's in the makings. That's coming. And um, that's it for me. Cool. As always, family, y'all can check me out doing my day job at www.MickeyDNovaCollection.BigCartel.com. Also, check me out over on YouTube at Mickey Builder. Um, and, yeah, that's on YouTube, Mickey Builder. Check me out over there, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this week we own Sagittarius. Um, I get the honor of falling back, and Nikki's gonna open up for us. And, and <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna piggyback like y'all always see me do. I just be, hey, I just fall back sometime and be blown away by this wisdom that she be dropping, and I just add on, man. You know, so you know, I'm gonna do what I do. You know what they say, y'all, ladies first, right? That's what they always say, ladies first. And I'm a firm believer in that. So you know, I'm do ladies first. Oh God, I'm over here laughing hysterically. You ain't cool. <laughs> Funny because he he said he was gonna do this to me, and I told him I said I'm gonna laugh hysterically and hang up the line because Noble knows that it is it is his week to leave the show. Um, and you know I'm I'm just vibing over here this week, family. You know, last week we had to break because um, my brothers Noble and 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 Jew were out in Vegas for um, the Prosperity Weekend, and I know that was awesome. Um, and then here we are back this week, you know, from the break, and, and we, we, we return into the show, and I, I can't believe we're in the last four weeks already of the show. So here we are in Sagittarius. We're dealing with um, higher consciousness, higher understanding. Um, we're dealing with the, the the higher parts of our consciousness. So um, in my mind, as I was going into this week, and I always say, you know, I, I always find some mirror, some parallel in my immediate experience in my life that reflects whatever the topic is for the week. And, you know, that's that's getting back to, you know, conversations we've had about um, understanding that as above, so below, as within, so without. So the things that we, you know, grapple with mentally, the things that we deal with on a mental basis, the things that we give our energetic um, um influence and currency to those are the things that we we give rise to those are the things that we grow so it makes total sense that we would see these things pop up in our lives because as within so without and so i last week um i was i was beginning to deal with the topic for this week and dealing with sagittarius and um it, it was one of those things that really just kind of came to me a little more uh, 
organically, I guess. I think sometimes when I'm dealing with these concepts, I'm dealing with these ideas, they can come and be like really little, like hit me upside the head. It's very clear. It's very apparent. It's, it's kind of dramatic. And I know, okay, this is my parallel for the week. But I found myself in dealing with Sagittarius, it, it was really more of just like a flow and, and a and a and a bigger, more sort of pervasive uh, conversation that I was just kind of finding myself dealing with um, over the past couple of weeks. Um, lately, I've, I've I found myself in, and actually last week I began working really closely uh, with a friend of mine who came to me basically asking for some some guidance, if you will. And sometimes I, I struggle with how, what words to use, you know, does that sound right? You know, am I a guide? Am I a teacher? Am I this? And what I've, what I've come to understand as I have learned to use my voice, as I've learned to lean into this concept that I am a spiritual being, um, what I've come to understand is that I don't have any super magical, you know, powers beyond anything that anybody else has, right? We all have this this God. We all have this greatness within ourselves, and, and I talk about it week after week, you know, this idea that we come here with a set of gifts as well as a set of challenges and and. Those challenges are to be embraced because they're they are designed to help us grow, and so I believe that we we all have these things within us innately. Um, the more we lean into it, the more we practice listening to that quiet voice, listening to our inner God, and I think that that entails meditation. I think it it, it entails different forms of of practices that can help us to, to tap further into that, that can expound that voice and make it a little louder for us. And what I've come to learn is that I'm, I'm simply, uh, Noble, I was listening to uh, the interview that we did with Sister Beverly. That one was so dope. And I don't, I don't listen to the shows anymore. I used to listen to them when I did um, – it's that easy with my sister Coley Cole, but I've I've stopped listening to the shows because I want to be really careful about not allowing myself to get caught up into my ego and just allowing myself to deliver the message on my heart. And that's the message ultimately that comes from my spirit, and that's what we're dealing with today, this higher consciousness, this higher understanding. And why is it a higher consciousness? Why is it a higher understanding? Well, because it, this understanding, this information, it goes beyond our physical senses. And our physical senses, our our wonderful, brilliant, intelligent, intelligent minds have the capacity of being able to prove a concept through our five senses, right? But these, this is a carnal conversation. When we start talking about higher grades of consciousness, higher grades of understanding, now we're beginning to have a conversation about, about things that go beyond our physical senses. And and now we're starting to talk about dream intelligence. We're talking about etheric and energetic intelligence. Um, 
And so I, I, I say all that to say, and my, and my point being that I've come to understand that I am simply an interpreter of a, of the message, right? And so I talked about not wanting to, I don't listen to the shows anymore really because I don't want to get caught up in my head. I don't want to get caught up in my ego because my ego tells me, you need to sound more intelligent. You need to sound this way. You need to use better words. You need to not say um so much. You need to do this and that in order to be successful in this conversation. But the more I practice having these conversations, what I've learned is that I'm I'm simply here to deliver a message. Whether or not that message makes sense to everybody, it doesn't matter. Because without fail, every single week I get an email, I get a text message, I get a, a, a inbox from somebody saying, I heard the message that you gave this week and that touched me. And so when I allow myself to step outside of my ego, I'm clear that I was successful. I did my work. If I only touched one person, then I was successful. And so as I've as I've leaned into this thing and I've I've allowed myself to to lean deeper into this higher consciousness, which a lot of times does not make sense, right? Because we understand that that this is an understanding, this is a conversation that's beyond our intellect. Intellect is very limited. Our carnal existence as physical human beings is very limited. The lack of limitation, the freedom from boundaries comes when we lean into our higher consciousness, when we learn into, lean into our spirits, when we lean into our hearts. And so all of that was a setup for talking about a conversation that I've been finding myself having not only with myself lately, as I've been preparing for this conversation about Sagittarius. Um, but it's also been, I've, I found myself last week starting to work really closely with a friend of mine who came to me um, seeking some guidance. And what I realized was that all I'm doing is listening to what what a person's spirit is saying to me. When I when I when I do this work, um, and what I say to my friend is, it's not the and, and because you know he had a lot of questions about well what is spirituality what is God and y'all know I love talking about God I love talking about spirituality I love these conversations right. And so that that's the thing that really gets me excited. So somebody, all, like, you flip that switch for me, I'll talk all day, right? And so in having that conversation and, and sort of answering some of those questions, what I found myself saying was that I'm simply interpreting. I'm simply listen, I'm not just listening to a person based on the things that they're saying to me you know, out of their mouth. I'm not just listen, listening to their intellect as far as the conversation is concerned. There's a deeper tone. There's a deeper understanding that oftentimes I'm, I'm, I can't even help it, but, but there's a deeper understanding that I get in my conversation with people. I was talking with another friend of mine. This was a couple of months ago, and he said to me, he said, Nick, you know that most of your conversation is not 
verbal. And I'm like, what's that mean? What you mean by that? And the more I sat in that and began to think about it and, and we talked about it more, it's a, I can't even explain that particular communication. It's beyond words. It's beyond, you know, voice inflection and, and body language. All of those things are a part of communication. And we talked about this back in, what, Gemini, when we were talking about different forms of communication. So these, these higher grades of, of communication, of understanding, of consciousness, a lot of times they take a different perspective. They, take a, they require us to look at them from a different lens. And oftentimes that lens is beyond our, our physical understanding. So that's what we're talking about this week in Sagittarius is these higher grades of understanding. And I know I've been kind of all over the map, but I, I talked a little bit about how I was listening to that, lect- that uh, interview we did with Sister Beverly. And Noble said something really brilliant in, in that um, interview. And what he said is that we gain our Christ consciousness, our higher consciousness, when we learn to think above, and I'm paraphrasing, when we learn and we release ourselves from the lower heavens, the lower heavens being the constellations, the constellations being these nine conversations that we've had, you know, Aries through now Sagittarius and going all the way up to Pisces. Those are the constellations. And so these things, these planets, these constellations, these areas of space, they have the power, the the ability to manipulate and influence us so long as we are operating on you know, Jew talks about it, you know, driving the car manually. A lot of us are operating, we're on, we're on automatic drive, right? So if, if this planet is in retrograde this week, then my life is going to hell and everything is messed up. I, I am subject to the influence of something beyond my control. I, I'm, I'm, I am beyond my own personal control. I don't have control over myself, over my circumstance, over my experiences. But when we begin to learn and know ourselves, really know ourselves, I made a post earlier this week talking about the concept that, you know, the revolution is within. A lot of times we get distracted by the outer revolution, you know, the, the the race revolution, the gender revolution, the poverty revolution, all of these different outer revolutions. But all of those things ultimately are distractions. We have to get to the understanding. We have to get to the place of maturity. We have to get to the place of wisdom and understanding that the revolution is totally and completely within it, 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 it ain't nothing else really outside of that. Everything else is is a manifestation of that. So the things that we're conflicted within ourselves, the 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 drama, the trauma that we experience within, those things are the seed to planting the fruit of our experience. We got to get really clear about that. And so when Noble talked about this idea that we, once we get into the driver's seat and we put this this experience called life 
into manual drive, and we gain control of our experiences, of our reactions, of our lives ultimately. That's when we become like the Christ who had the 12 disciples, i.e. the 12 constellations, and he says to them, y'all follow me. So here we are, and, and and my mind, I'm over here, my mind is a little blown right now as, as I'm just settling into this. Because sometimes I'll, I'll say stuff, and it, it's hitting me as I'm saying it. And I, and I always say, especially when I get passionate about something, I'm, I'm not talking at people when I have these conversations. Oh, I'm really talking to myself. <laughs> you just so happen to be here to witness it. But I am, right. I'm talking to myself because if I am going to teach, that means that I am going to be a demonstrator, a leader in exhibiting and demonstrating this lifestyle, this information. So y'all have to forgive me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm all over the place right now because my mind is just blown as I'm settling into all of this. And so, Noble, when I heard you say we become the Christ and, and these 12 constellations become our disciples, we now, once we, once we get into these higher grades of consciousness and understanding, we understand that Jupiter, the ruler of Sagittarius, is, is the planet that, that lords over the concept of expansion, of abundance. Well, that's, that is power. That is a tool now that you can use in your own favor. You can say, you know what, Jupiter, I'm going to need you to, to influence and put some work in on my, on my finances. I'm going to need you to put some work in on my, on my love relationships, whatever it may be, because now you have the understanding of these tools, how they work, what they mean, what they're for. So now you become in control. You become the driver in this seat. So I thought that I, I thought that was so powerful what you said. That show was dope, 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 dope. I gotta make sure I, I repost it again today. But this con this concept that now here in, in this this ninth house in this area that talks about mental exploration, that talks about higher grades of consciousness, well, what's the implication here in Sagittarius? The implication now is that we've gone through elementary school, we got all our basics, we know our ABCs, we know our numbers, we know our addition and, and multiplication and subtraction and all of that good stuff. And now here we are ready for, we're ready for college. We're ready for higher education. So, Noble, why don't you tell us about what this newer, more evolved conversation in Sagittarius is? Man, well, um, Sag is, is um, I'll I start with the time of the day because one thing that we, we have to understand about this, um, to me it's like a beautiful combination lock. Uh, um, of energies that always, quote unquote, what appears to be rising outside right now above your head. So, for an example, like right now, we know we just came into the spring, so that technically means we in airy season, and you know, Sagittarius is completely on the other side. You know what I mean? So, if you go opposite Aries which is Libra, well, two signs later is Sagittarius. So to give you an idea, when the sun sets in your 
wherever you at on earth, period, when it sets, you can give it about two, about four hours after it's set, you're going to see the Sagittarius constellation come up in the sky, right? But it's unique within this combination of rocks because the truth of the matter, what appears to be your four direction or your 360-degree circle, if you were to go outside right now and just draw a circle in the sky, just draw a big old circle, and you have these, you know, these four different directions, and you have to put all 12 zodiac signs within this particular circle. So there is a natural region of space that appears to be fixed that each constellation rules, and for Sagittarius, this becomes about the position of about, I would say, 1 to 3 o'clock in the early afternoon where the sun is at. And we got to really pay close attention to this because, again, what I'm saying on one term is, yes, right now the sun is in Aries, right? Facts. But the Aries position, let's just say, is technically in the east. So about two hours later the sun progresses to the a little bit to the south, a little bit to your right. Yes, the sun is in Aries all day. In fact, the sun is in the Aries constellation for the next 30 days. However, the daily position of the sun changes, although it stays within the constellation for 30 days. Mm-hmm. In these different positions, as we watch the sun go through these different positions, there's a specific time, the 1 to 3 p.m. Um, early afternoon time, which is the Sagittarian time. And this is called the ninth house in your chart, okay? This is how when you really start getting into this thing, um, based off the time of birth somebody give you, you automatically know what house it is. So if a person is born early in the morning around sunrise or something, you know, like, okay, this person probably got like a 12th house on. If a person is born around 12 noon, then they're in the 10th house. They're born 11, almost midnight, okay, maybe a 4th house on and whatnot like that. So it's real easy to identify because each position is really talking about, um, it's, it's what I call fractal mathematics, where we use it every day in, in money, where I go through that whole thing where, you know, 10 dimes is a dollar and 10 one dollars is 10 dollars and 10 tens is 100, 10 one hundreds is 1,000 and so forth and so forth. We use base, uh, what we call fractional mathematics all the time, and it's the same way when you understand a calendar system. But to get into this daily rotation, because I was born with a ninth house sun. So although I'm an Aquarius, the sun was an Aquarius when I was born, the time of my um, birth, which was late 1 o'clock, puts the sun in the south headed You breaking up, Noble. Can you hear me now? Yep. All right, so which is a very high position you know, about 1 to 3 o'clock in that time zone. So even though you may not be a Sag, you can have some energy in this location of space when you were born, and this energy is going to come through and express itself like a Sagittarius. So what is Sag? Sag qualities is it's funny because, you know, it's, it's depicted by the centaur, the half man, half horse, who shoots this arrow straight. Mm-hmm. And since it's known for truth and philosophy, it's a known fact that Sagittarius shoots the arrow straight. So 
although they're saying the truth, how they express it could be too harsh for others, and it can come off very offensive. Thus, it feel like you got hit by an arrow. <laughs> but it wasn't nothing really personal. It's just like, yo, I'm telling, right? So it's interesting, you no? Know, because you know, here this is probably perhaps to me the most versatile sign out of all of them. And, my, and I got some favorites as far as versatility goes. That Sag, Leo, and Scorpio frequency, and Gemini is very, very versatile. But Sag goes from, if you got energy in this area, space, the ninth house again in your birth chart, it goes from, um, you know, it goes from philosophy, which simply means you want to understand truth. You want to because um, it's a sign in House of Bibles, you start to engage what's called foreign philosophies. So if you in the Western Hemisphere, like majority of us are here, you start to pick up and study Buddhism. You start to study, you know, these different, quote-unquote, foreign religions, because Sag is also the sign of religion, mm. right? Um, it's the sign of a judge and law. And, you know, so even though Libra deals with the, the justice system, this sign, excuse me, this sign has also been noted, um, Sag been noticed to deal with law as well. So this is a very high, lofty position in this will to understand. And it makes sense because what comes after is Capricorn, which is government structure. So before you can even get to government structure and how you're going to, quote, unquote, put some type of physical mandate down that is going to be the law of the land government does, right? You have to go through Sagittarius and last before you're able to establish that. So this is why government used to be you had to go to college. You had to go to a place and seek higher education and to the advent of Donald Trump even though he went to college, but you know, he changed. And so, you know, with this sign, too, because this this is the one where, quote-unquote, it says the planet Mercury is out of pocket in Sagittarius. Now, people who are either Scorpio or Capricorn or Sagittarius, it's the possibility you may have Mercury inside of Sagittarius when you were born, okay, because Mercury always travels close to the sun. So if you're not one of those signs that I just named, there's a good chance you, you do not have Mercury in Sag. But this is funny to me, and it always was a mystery to a degree, because Mercury, which is the ruler of Gemini, which is the polar opposite of Sagittarius, again, think of that wall clock, where the ninth sign or nine o'clock position on the wall clock is Sagittarius. So total opposite that is three o'clock, which is Gemini. So Gemini is the balancing force to the Sag energy and vice versa. Mercury is naturally at home at Gemini three o'clock. When it's at nine o'clock, it is noted to be in what's called a detriment. It's out of pocket or it's the furthest position from home. So, therefore, when a planet is in the zodiac sign that's the furthest from its home, the sign that's opposite, that planet tends to, um, to a degree, we would say, express its energy in uh, a hardship way. It's a little bit more harder for it to express itself. 
But I could never get with this because Mercury, if it represents logic and thinking and writing and communication, well, how the hell you go to college, which is Sagittarius, and that be in a detrimental place? How does Sagittarius represent higher learning, but yet Mercury, which is your logical mind, is not expressed too well here? Hmm. Did it? Did you see what I'm saying? It was like it was a big oxymoron. Now here's the thing too, because I get the science of the law. The law says when a planet is furthest away from home, it's in a weak position. All right, cool. I get that. Some of them I don't agree with. All right, and and, and there's surely some strong suits that kind uh, of. You got to change the rules. You got to make your own observation. Be like, yo, nobody ever talked about Venus and Leo is the bomb, Diggy. Nobody ever talks about how the moon in Pisces, to me, is stronger than the moon in Cancer. That's a very strong, intuitive moon. That's the Michael Jackson moon as well. So there's other factors that we need to be aware about, but, you know, it, it comes out in due time. But to solve that 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 paradox of Mercury and Sag. Yeah, I was gonna say how um, you solve that divine paradox. Um, yeah, how you solve it was, you know, is it, this. Um, on one level, it was is dealing with shooting an arrow straight. Um, but on another air, on another level, because so straight that it can hurt, it hurts folks, right? And they can't deal with it. And here's the thing: that's not your aim. That's not your intention. So to a degree, your communication comes off as if it is your communication has the potential to create and if that's not your aim you see what I'm saying and your aim is something else then you start to defeat the purpose so now it makes perfect sense like ah oh, because when it's when when you shoot it so straight like that and you don't have the wisdom to differentiate who you're talking to or how to style that truth maybe in the parable versus it being so straight and raw which mm. is sad, right? This is this is this is this is funny because this is this is Jew got this marker strong, right? And when he get in that zone of conflict, it it is it, it these people have saying to this nigga, and they'd be like, "Fuck you," and they say his name, like say like like it'd be so funny because the end result rebuttal is. Fuck you, Jamil. That's the end result. Always. Oh, it never fails. It never fails. And I'd be cracking the hell up because when he go into these spats and he and he and he's giving you logic and he's giving you truth, but it be so it just be so straight yeah. that people resort to that. Now here's the thing, and I ain't picking on him in the sense I'm just using a real life example. That's not the aim. Right. You see what I'm saying? And when that's not the aim, people tend to bury themselves in the pain. Now that's not nobody's fault, of course. But again, you have to recognize, you know, the style of speech and if you have a certain um, let's just say an idea of a result you want to get, right? And so when I noted that and then I noted too by observation when um you know, it makes sense on another level too, because when it goes to college and thing or higher wisdom this is where you have to challenge, hence the detriment, Mercury's out of pocket here. This is where you have to challenge all of your beliefs because mm-hmm. now you're, you're, you have to step outside of the Christianity that your mama and your daddy and society has given you. Are you bold enough to put on zikr beads, to put on prayer beads? Are you bold enough to put Lakshmi up? And start chanting Om Namaha Namaste, 
Are you bold enough to start to wear the Nick Cannon dashiki in turban? You see what I'm saying in public? You see what I'm saying? So it becomes a severe challenge to your psyche to get you to grow. So I understand what the detriment is talking about, not meaning that it's a bad thing. But it can be without a shadow of a doubt, but it's how you utilize it. So this is a very... um, a very versatile place that deals with publishing. Um, if you went to publishing books or audios or anything, especially anything dealing with learning, um, to give you all a little bit of insight, if you got Venus um, here, especially as a man, and to a degree a woman as well, Venus, Mars, Moon, and Sun, um, there's a strong possibility, if you got in a Sagittarius or the ninth house, there's a strong possibility that your lover um, is – someone of what we will call a foreign descent. You may have the the Kanye West marker and you want to get with a Kardashian type of deal because Sagittarius deals with foreigners, right? So if Venus represents love and relationships, you breaking up again, Noble. Can you hear me now? Yep. And this is weird because I ain't moving. Um, but um, if Mars represents um, passion, the masculine energy, and if it's in the ninth house or in Sagittarius for a woman, and she if she's attracted to men, um, then you know um, you can say, okay, well, shit, then she may like that, you know, that that African or that Jamaican or what you would call that, you know what I mean, that foreign person, in a sense. So this gives us um, some great insight. And this area space, too, um, also denotes how we would tap into this. So, for an example, I happen to have Aquarius, which is my sign, on the ninth house. So the way I get to higher wisdom is through Aquarian things. Well, what are Aquarian things? Astrology is one of them. There, you know, science and whatnot. And I can just stop right there. That's, that's one, been one of my claim to fame to a degree. I, I uh, I came in the gateway repping the Zodiac and, you know, making it cool for real, for real is how I feel. Is, is, is Everybody was in the closet in the conscious community about, you know, it just wasn't no lane for it and start talking about it and really start dying. That's on your ninth house. So, yeah, I know you probably think a lot of people are like, well, how do I determine that? Real simple, man. The only thing I do is just go to astro.com, create a free okay, house number nine. Because each house has a number in the inner part of the wheel. You go nine, and then follow that line up to the zodiac sign. Then that zodiac sign, just look at the glyph. What is that glyph? Is it Scorpio? Is it Sag? Is it what is it? And then that sign, once you identify that sign, that sign tells you how. Very important. How you are likely to expand your awareness to expand your consciousness. You see what I'm saying? So if it's Scorpio, it's going to deal more with maybe sex or money and, and metaphysical studies. Libra is all about relationships. You're damn near a relationship guru if you got Libra on the knife. Taurus is strictly about the money, banking, finances. That you know, Study that. Go to college and be a banker and put that under your degree. See, this, this to a degree, like real talk, like you said, Nick, if this deals with college, then the sign that is on your ninth house for your children, guess what? Maybe you should get study that kind of information, right, right now where 
they either go to college and they already super duper prepared or they don't have to go because you already piqued their interest of higher learning from the gate. Mm. And this is what the science can do. You know what I mean? So it's a very versatile spot, one of my favorites. Um, there are four signs, and I close with this, uh, there are four signs that like to have and needs freedom to exist in a relationship. And this is a general statement because there are other factors that can make you clingy. So these four signs are um, Aquarius is one, Aries is another, Gemini is the other, and Sagittarius, who we're talking about today, is the other. They need a little bit more air because, remember, Sagittarius is long distance, so they're in the foreigner. So, therefore, it's the perfect situation where you marry, um, you, you know, your, your husband is a, is a Muslim who live overseas. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he, he over in Mecca while you over here in the States type of thing. And that could go because, you see what I'm saying, it, it represents some type of longevity, and I mean long distance, and that's why you got to have freedom. Now, to back that, the, the oxymoron of it is when I say it well, there are some other factors that can make you clingy because you can have Sagittarius and Aquarius people be like, oh, no, nah. they say Aquarius is all about the freedom, but they really don't want no freedom. I'm an Aquarius and I don't want no freedom. Here's the, here's the oxymoron. Although I'm Aquarius, that can be quite rebellious, quite stubborn, quite, you know, just radical and freedom and, you know, for the people, whatever, whatever. Then the, the cancer rising sign, which is the most important aspect of your chart, is called the AC, the sign that's rising. That's low-key your Achilles heel. That's really, for real, for real, what the rising sign is, just in case you don't know what a rising sign is. Let me slow it down a little bit. When you're born and you take your first breath, just like how the sun comes up in the morning. Imagine you were born at sunrise, exactly at sunrise. And it's like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. You were born right when the sun was coming up because we know that kind of gets the day started. But what happens if you're born at one something in the afternoon? What's on the eastern point now? Well, there's another constellation there. It's just what no planets there, but there's a constellation in that same position that the sun was at five, six, seven hours prior to my birth, Right. Isolation for me is cancer. It's rising. So, because it appears like that constellation is rising. But the truth of the matter is, as I showed in the webinar, The Cosmic Illusion, the zodiac signs are not rising. The earth is spinning in that direction to cast the illusion that they're rising. So, the truth is, when you're born, the earth is facing the east that direction of that constellation or it is spinning, which is energy, spinning into that direction. That's a lot of momentum. This big old earth that sits away six, six trillion tons, right? This big old earth is spinning in a certain direction. And when it spins in that direction, that momentum, or when they cut the umbilical cord as the earth is spinning, you draw in that first breath as, <gasps> then you let off that cry, eh, Oh, the baby's just fine now. He's alive. The animation of spirit or animation of the soul, correct me, the animation of the soul via spirit is now at the time of birth when they snip the umbilical cord and you become independent in the living being by yourself. Very important to understand this eastern, um, this constellation that's on the east. So this is why Muslims face the east when they pray because to 
the direction of the sun, but most importantly, you're aligning yourself with the direction in which you're spinning. Very important. That's a different concept than understand, oh, well, the sun rises in the east. No, it's bullcrap. When you understand how this place is flowing with energy, the direction in which it is going, then you can start to align your mind with things and then what we like to say, bounce your thoughts off of planets and get into this higher wisdom. But to come back to my point of clinginess as the Aquarius, the cancer aspect represents the home, motherly, nurture, hug me, I want to hug like, don't you. Don't try and make us out to be. Right, you would. right. No, I ain't picking I ain't picking because <laughs> I got cancer rosin. So, so I'm like, okay, so then it becomes a contradiction, right? So then it'd be like, okay, well, damn, I thought Aquarius and Sag and, you know, the, and Aries and Gemini was all about freedom, and they don't like that clinginess and stuff. So this is why when you don't know, it seems like, you know, you just go with that horoscope um, newspaper astrology. It's like, oh, that. Understand the totality of which, of which how this whole thing flows. But again, to come off of it, man, this gateway is one of my favorite. It is absolutely the most um, versatile that represents this higher wisdom, this higher understanding. Um, like you said, this, this beneficent energy of Jupiter that rules Sagittarius is the biggest planet in the solar system. And um, since Jupiter naturally shows us where we're blessed at, right, where it's easy to expand at by what I call proxy of the ninth house or Sagittarius in your chart, which could be two different factions. Because Sagittarius for me and my chart is in the sixth house, so my ninth house has Aquarius in it. So these are two different, quote-unquote, the constellation in real time when I was born. Okay, the constellation Sagittarius was in my sixth house. But the ninth house region is kind of like a fixed region in the sky that appears to be, as I said earlier, a little bit to the south going towards the west. So it's right there. So these are two different sag zones in our chart that we can tap into. You see what I'm saying? And once you into it and you understand this Jupiter flow, then this is the area of life that you want to expand in. So here's a freebie, and I come off the gas, man. Um, you want to do power meditations on expansion and expanding things in your life. Just focus on the sun's energy around. No, but we lost you. We lost you. Huh? Okay. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. The last thing okay. I heard was if you want to expand your. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to expand, whatever you want to expand in your life, whatever you want to expand, you you can use the sun. And I know Jew is here somewhere. I saw him earlier, and he can talk about the scripture that talks about. Um, there's literally a Bible scripture that talks about Jupiter and Apollo, which is the sun, and and obviously Jupiter. They they went by a different name, um, but it's talking about the expansive energy of using the cosmic rays of the sun and Jupiter. So if you want to expand something in your life, 1:30 p.m. your time when the sun is in the sky, you can actually do what we can call a solar meditation. See, this is where you have to become the Akhenatans and the King Tuts in your day and time. I don't like that that whole thing like, ooh, these niggas are walking around with, you know, sun disc on their heads. And Akhenaten has his hand out, and these sun rays, the sun, with all his face, activated. 
for yourself. Mm. So you do it around one thirty, and you use the sun's energy, and you just sincerely, which is organically, like can't nobody prescribe to you that emergency prayer that you have. When you know that emergency prayer that gets you down on your knees and you got to get busy and you come from the heart of hearts, right, that's, that's not a script. So if you can get in your authentic original zone at this particular time and connect to that solar energy at this time, well, this is the energy of your expansion and your growth, and you start to command the lights, as you spoke of, spoke of earlier, because the sun is the Christ. And the 12 signs or these 12 houses that it appears to go through are the disciples. So you here on earth are the Christ. That's why the scripture tells you, do you not know Jesus Christ is in you? Or do you not know that ye are the gods? It tells you that. So command the light on the expansion and whatnot. And it works very works very well. I can actually show you. And you were there um, when we went to last year. James, Uncle James was meditating, sitting uh, right up under the sun, and I started filming him, and I filmed the sun, and the sun was blinking on and off, just blinking. It was flashing, literally flashing while he was sitting there connecting to that higher source. And come to think about it, I think it was around that same time of day because we went out early in the morning. It was around that same time of day, like 1, 2 o'clock in the early afternoon. Yeah. And he was actually doing that particular meditation, and the sun started to blink, real talk. So um, that's my spirit. Wowzer. Wowzer. I, <laughs> I was laughing when you were talking about uh, the Venus in, in ninth house and, you know, those being, you know, some of the personalities that, that like the – the foreign chicks. I, I, I know several brothers with um, with Venus in their ninth house, and it's really funny how that influences an individual. And, and not knocking it, I'm I'm just observing. Um, I, I knew a brother who um, had Venus in his ninth house. And a, a brother, and when I say brother, I mean a black man, and his only <laughs> Asian girls. Um, and that was that was. Influence. So he had that influence there, but then on top of that, um, his mother, through, like, some hurt and some pain and anguish that she had, she used to, like, tell him when he was growing up, like, don't date black girls. This coming from his mama, who was a black girl. So it's, like, really interesting how that had me thinking about how we go about, like, picking our parents and how we go about picking these various different experiences that we have here on the planet. And um, I I was laughing as you were talking about, like, judgment, and and you and I have had that conversation before, Noble. Um, Yeah. I I have a lot of Sagittarius influence in my chart, Um, but not just that, like, even, like, on a on – a, <laughs> looking at, like, my numerology and, and different other aspects on the tarot deck, um, judgment is – has – I have a heavy influence of judgment in my chart, um, in my numerology, my tarot, <laughs> my tarot deck card. And so as you were t- – as I heard you talking about Sagittarius and it being, like, this straight shooter and being all about truth – I, I identify and connect with that so very deeply, um, and I and I I was noticing that over the past couple of weeks um, as I've been interacting with people and just dealing with people um, and finding myself kind of in the midst of a lot of conversations about how 
painful truth can be for people. And, and Noble and I, we we talk a lot, and you know, we'll talk about, you know, you know, we 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 we'll joke about it and be like, "You judging me, Nick?" And I'd be like, "No, nah, I'm just I'm just discerning." You know what I'm saying? But I was I was thinking about that concept really heavily over the week. You know, we're constantly asking people like, "Are you judging me?" And 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 I heard that word come up a lot just over the past few weeks as I've been. I won't say I don't like the idea that I, I'm not counseling people. I'm I'm just walking with people, and I've 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 found myself in that in that space a lot lately. Folks asking me to just walk them through um, different experiences and conversations, and and kind of walking them through levels. It's it's difficult for me to put words to it. And I found myself in a conversation with um with a sister um that I'm very close with. Um and and it's a trip because every time I talk to her I'll be like, "Listen, I'm not finna be on the phone with you for 2 hours today." It's like every time I talk to her we on the phone for at least an hour and a half just talking spirituality, just talking that in-depth conversation, and um, a couple weeks ago, I had a similar conversation with her that just went all the way, all the way there. Like, we'll usually go there, and it might be like a few tears or something like that, but this particular day, um, it, it got really, really deep, and as she was sharing with me, and it was like we had already broken sort of the ceiling, right, because I'm really good at identifying the ceilings and the boundaries that people put up, and I I had been seeing it, I had been hearing it, I had been hearing shit bounce off of it for hella long, but, and, and Noble talked about how Sagittarius sometimes can lack tact, Right, I, I think that's the word that he was getting at, you know, being this straight shooter. And sometimes truth is, not sometimes, oftentimes, truth is very painful for people because it shatters their sense of self, right? So a lot of times we don't want to deal with our bullshit because we don't want to deal with a perceivably ugly picture of ourselves. And so it's really interesting that we're saying that we're in college now in dealing with Sagittarius because we're dealing with this higher understanding, this higher learning. And the reason that this is equated with that is is because it deals with truth. And truth requires a certain level of, of courage in order to really, really get into it, in order to really deal with it. And as I have conversations and and different experiences with people, what I've observed is that oftentimes the thing that is preventing people from having joy in their lives, having peace in their lives, happiness, on a consistent basis is that they're, they're they're not willing to deal with truth especially their own truths. And a lot of times we simply just don't want to look ourselves in the mirror. And so I've had to come to the understanding, me and my, Noble says I'm a low-key Sagittarius, that might be very much true. (laughs) But in that, what I've had to, and 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 I'm talking about this because I was I was hearing Noble talk about this idea 
of Sagittarius dealing with higher consciousness, higher learning. However, its direct opposite is Gemini dealing with Mercury and dealing with our communication. So it's very interesting how these these two concepts are supposed to conflict each other. But I can I can totally see I can see that conflict, but I can also see how that that paradox can be resolved, absolutely. And so with me being with my son in Cancer and my moon in Gemini, um, my direct opposites from those perspectives are Sagittarius and Capricorn. However, my Jupiter is in Sagittarius, or it's in the ninth house, excuse me. Um, and so it's got a really interesting way of, of showing up in my personality. You know, cancer can be very, cancers can be like really clandestine. Like we, you know, can be kind of low key and, and, and water being, you know, on the surface level, water can look like it's really still. But then when you get below the surface, you find out there's like a lot of shit going on under there. Um, and so I, I experience both of these these pools. Um, or the you know I experienced the pool of both of these influences, and so in my very cancer nature, there's a part of me that seeks to nurture people, seeks to um, make people feel comfortable, um, to make people feel good, to to make them feel nurtured and comforted. But then on the opposite end, <laughs> with me having so much activity in Sagittarius, I'm I'm very much drawn to truth. Um and, and as I've been dealing with these things over the past couple of weeks I, I found myself doing some some reading and some different research and I came across this this African proverb that says the speaker of truth has no friends. <laughs> And I can totally see how that can be accurate. So we were talking about the the exchange, um, and, and I love what Noble said about it, it, this conversation about astrology and how the different constellations show up in the individual because we all have different combinations of these elements within us. It's a combination, right? It's a it's a it's a code. There's an ingredient. There's a. It, it, it's a specific way that these things show up. You might have a little bit of Sagittarius influence. You might have a lot of Sagittarius influence. And so the way that that shows up, that can be really, really interesting. And so for me, the way that it shows up is I'm very much drawn to truth. And if I know you, and I, I get comfortable with you. I'll I'll shoot that arrow real straight, and it's it's funny because it sort of contradicts my very Cancerian, nurturing, cozy, warm, clingy kind of personality. And it's funny because my daughter is is a is a Cancer too. We're both Cancer sons, and I'm pulling my hair out sometimes by how clingy and how much attention this child needs. So I, I, I was laughing and joking when I said, you know, well, don't make us out to be the clingy ones. But, yeah, that's that that's that cancer spirit. Um, but then by the same token, cancer can also be really withdrawn and really um, require a sense of, of, of seclusion. And I find myself dealing with that very much and dealing with my daughter because it's like, I need her to understand, like, yo, I need 
30 minutes of you not calling my name, you not looking at me, you not trying to give me a hug, just give me a minute. And it's funny, and I'm sorry I'm off on a tangent, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really observing how these energies really pop up. Um, and so my point in saying all of that was I, I was talking about the brother with um, – with Venus <laughs> in his nice house. And I used to tease him about that. And he used to piss me off. Like, just to be straight up, it used to piss me off. But what I realized later on was that it came from my understanding of his non-verbalized since because uh, the conversation I would have, like, he, you know, so here's the here's what I get a lot of times, right? Um, is I, I've, I've found that I, I have a lot of men in my life who have that element there. And they think that it's cool to come to me and say, like, I don't really like black girls. And for some reason it should not be offensive to me because I'm light-skinned, right? And so me, like, being, like, the total, like, no, that's not how I operate, I like, oh, so you think that's cute, right? And and I don't intend to get into, like, you know, is interracial dating bad? And, you know, I didn't, you know, everybody's obsessed with, like, Get Out right now and, the, you know, this Key and Peele movie or whatever. And, and I used to obsess myself with that, and I don't anymore. For me now it's just a matter of identifying the understanding and, 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 and this brother and I, he's a really good friend of mine, we we got to the, the root of that conversation. And the real root of that conversation was it's offensive and and, and it, it requires at least some observation and some digging into when you, as a brother, make the statement to me that you don't like black women as a black man like there's something wrong with that no it's not wrong that you know your what your preference is or any of that other stuff but at the core the very principle of that idea is conflicting because what it implies is that you don't like a part of yourself right and by that i mean you then you would also be implying that you don't like your mother, you don't like your aunts, you don't like your sister, right? But that's also a part of you because we both know that you got one of those X chromosomes from your mama. So if you don't like your mama, then you don't like yourself. And that's the deeper conversation that, that I'm, I would be getting to, and that was the deeper principle that used to bother me. And so before I had the wisdom before I had the ability to really articulate that, that concept, that principle just used to frustrate me. And so, but I, and I would tease this brother about that. And so years and years later, so I, and, and years and years later, he finally came to me and said, I don't like it sometimes that you are the one to bring me to, bring me to my own attention but you were also one of the first people to point out to me that that principle that I that I lived by and that I operated by and that I took pride in was actually a very conflicting a very um not so good 
part of myself that I really had to deal with. And he ended up, like, kind of thanking me for that, like in a in a kind of sideways kind of motion, but still thanking me for that. And so when I talk about this idea of judgment being very influential in my chart, what I've come to the understanding is that as I was dealing with this very heavily over the past couple of weeks, judgment, judgment, judgment. I was talking to, um, I, I said earlier, I was talking to a sister who she and I got into some real, real deep, deep conversation. And only because I've 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 learned to listen to that still quiet voice, which is really my wisdom. Um, I was able to hear the door and the opportunity open to really have this conversation with her because I knew these things to be true before she and I had the conversation, but I also knew she wasn't ready for the conversation. Um, and so finally, the door opened, and when that door opens. Because I've learned to lean into my spirit and not be so heavily influenced by, like, you know, my ego, by my mind, by my intellect and all of this stuff, the spirit, this higher consciousness, that that thing that's very difficult to actually put words to is so intelligent, so wise, it's so smart. And it, it, it has that bird's eye view of what's really going on in reality. And I promise I'm going to bring all this together, y'all. Um, and so finally the door opened and Spirit said to me, now, now you can have the conversation with her. And what we ended up digging into was some things that, she did not want to admit to be true about her experience, about herself, about her life, about um, uh, an experience that she was having with someone else. And I, I, I said to her, you know, um, I basically what I did when I realized that the door was open, like, like I broke that shit all the way down for her. And so I, I, I went there and I said, I, I shot that arrow straight because I knew that the time was right to do so. And as she and I continued to talk and, and really kind of dig into it, she was telling me about an, a particular experience that pertained to um, what we were talking about. And she said, you know, such and such, don't judge me. Or, no, she said, go ahead and judge me. And in that moment, what I realized was that, you know, we've got to sort of divorce ourselves a little bit from this need in humanity not to be judged. If we're not, because judgment is, is, is simply an observation of whether or not something is beneficial or whether or not something is you know, detracting from your benefit. For example, a loved one called me up one night, and she wanted my daughter to, it was like, it was late at night, it must have been like 9, 10 o'clock at night, and she wanted my daughter to come over because, you know, she missed her. But this family member, who I love very dearly, was drunk off her ass, like pissy drunk, Right? And I could hear it in talking to her, and the longer we were on the phone together and continued this conversation, it became, you know, different things happened to make it even more and more clear that she was very, very drunk, and this would not be a good situation for me to put my daughter in. But that's judgment. 
judgment is the thing that allows us to make an informed decision. No, it's not a good idea for me to send the baby over there right now because you are not in a good space. Emotionally, physically, you're inebriated. It's not a good idea right now. There's nothing wrong with judgment. Again, I I, I talked about it earlier in this concept of Sagittarius. A lot of times we don't like to deal with truth as human beings because truth, it, it shatters our very safe, very convenient perception of ourselves. And, and, and I, can, I can talk all day about self-realizations and epiphanies that I've had in, of, and about myself that were very, very difficult for me to look at. But I would offer to you all, Truth, judgment, and truth again are very important and highly pivotal in us reaching our higher consciousness. If you are not willing to break your false facade of yourself, you are going to remain stuck where you are. It's a fact. It's no way, you can't get around that, ain't no shortcuts, no none of that. If you are not genuinely and truly willing to look at yourself in the mirror, that is going to prevent you from reaching these higher grades of consciousness and information. Now, it gets tricky, right? Because does that mean that in order for me to reach my my God consciousness, in order for me to reach my Christ consciousness, I have to be 100% on point, no delusion, you know, no distractions, no none of that. Is that what that means? No, quite the contrary. There are detours that you can take, but be clear you will ultimately end up on the same road nonetheless. The detours might just take you a different route, but ultimately you won't end up on the same freeway, and you're still going to have to deal with that truth at some point. Be very clear about that. As we were talking about it, and I was listening to Noble talk about Sagittarius and, and, and you know, the half-man, um, half-animal, the, the centaur, right? It's very interesting because the, the 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 symbol this is we're talking about the symbol for Sagittarius and and this centaur he shoots that arrow right and it reminded me of an epiphany that I had two years ago maybe and I was watching um what's the movie uh, Katniss Hunger Games right. And I had this brilliant epiphany about, because for me, right, I, I said it before, my my sun and moon are Cancer and Gemini, respectively. That means my direct opposites from those perspectives are Sagittarius and Capricorn. I love what Noble said, in ta- and this was several shows ago, in talking about this idea, you know, a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, a Cancer and a Capricorn won't do well together because they're complete opposites. Well, I love the 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 proposal that Noble makes in this idea that well, no, actually they would 
if they can learn to overcome these obstacles, if they can be brave enough, if they can be mature enough, they're actually complementary sides of the same freaking coin because they have two different perspectives of that wall clock. That shit is brilliant. So as I heard Noble talking about solving this conflict between Mercury and Jupiter, your higher learning and your communication, and sometimes those things can conflict with each other. What I understood to be true was that what we're talking about now is, am I willing, in talking about truth, am I willing to shatter the illusion? What is the illusion? The illusion is whatever mass characterization of myself and the world that I have created that make me comfortable in remaining where I am. (laughs) So that being said, what I understood at that moment was, and, and again, I'm thinking about the Hunger Games, I'm thinking about Katniss and, and the Archer. What I what I realized for many, many years is that the holiday season was very, very important to me. And I used to think, well, shit, you just like the holidays. You're greedy, you like to eat during Thanksgiving, and you like to get presents for Christmas. You're just greedy, Right. As I continued to grow and mature, what I realized was that it wasn't so much about those things. I definitely appreciate the holidays. I love the holidays, right? Emotionally, it it evokes something within me, right? And and the same thing that I think it evokes for many people, right? An an emotion of, you know, good tidings and and goodness and charity and and love and, and peace and all of these wonderful, great things. But even beyond that, what I came to realize was that these particular areas in space represented gifts for me that I had yet to attain. But every time I would get, you know, year after year would go by, you know, you stop being a kid, you teenager, grown up now, now I'm in my early 30s and, you know, went through all of these different revolutions around this wheel. And every time that this wheel would get back to this point, there was a magic that was present for me that I just could not put my finger on until I'm literally sitting down watching the Hunger Games one day and I see Katniss, like, with her arrow and, like, and it's a trip because for me this is this is a lot of times how I, I receive my wisdom. It can be in the most mundane of experiences. I have a three-year-old, so I watch a lot of cartoons, and I'll be, you know, watching the cartoons and, like, sobbing, like, yeah, go ahead. Winnie the Pooh, you did that, you know. And that's that's often where I receive my it, – it's not where I receive it from. It's where I finish solving the equations a lot of times. It, it's, through, it's, it's through very mundane inspirations. And I'm sitting there watching the show, watching the movie, and it was, it was during the fall that I was watching it, um, and it's a trip as I say these things and these words out loud. They have such 
magical meanings for me. So I probably sound crazy right now and feel like I'm rambling, but I'm going to finish what I'm saying. And I'm watching the movie, and here she is with this arrow, and she shoots the arrow, right? And so if you've ever seen the movie The Hunger Games before, it's it's about it's about illusion, right? There are these people that are selected from these different, you know, um, experiences and realities, and they're put into this box, right? And put everybody inside of this box, and you know, the single survivor at the end of it is the winner. Well, it must be like the second installation of the series or maybe the third one. Forgive me, I don't remember which one it is. But there's one particular one. It's not the first Hunger Games. It's like the second or third Hunger Games. I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, and she's in there, you know, and it's like she already won the first Hunger Games, so here she is with the second, the second one. You know, the odds are kind of low that she's going to win this shit again, right? So finally, and and there and so with the with the games, what they do is they have all of these different ways that they can manipulate the experience, right? And as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, that's exact. This movie is about us here on the planet, right? And 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 we're talking about being. I talked about it in another show. The children of Adam and Eve are the ones who are actually subject to this this automatic program called being, you know, at the mercy of the constellations, right? So this was ultimately about our experience down here. And so on this particular, I can't remember exactly which Hunger Games it is, but whichever one it is, they can... They're all on an island. They're trying to, you know, survive this island or whatever, and they got all of this new technology now to make the odds even more difficult, you know, of anybody, of somebody actually surviving. So, oh, oh, and this one is so good because it's the island that they're on is actually a clock, and here we are, you know, we're dealing with these houses and this, this, this wheel, this clock, right? And so ultimately the players in the game end up figuring out, you know, the rules for the various different zones that they're in, right? And so they're like, okay, we got it figured out, cool. So everybody can had, kind of had a plan. We're going to try not to kill each other and just – survive this shit to the end. Let's figure out what the rules of the game are. They end up figuring out that there are different zones or different houses on this particular island and different shit happens at different times, all of this different stuff. So they figure out the rules, right? So they're like, all right, cool. We might actually survive this thing. But then the creators of the game end up turning some wheels so that they totally throw everybody's orientation off on the planet, right? So they they spin it they spin the whole thing around and now nobody knows where they are on the map. This sounds very uh, similar to our experience here as human beings. Um, nobody knows where they are on the plan uh, on the map. So because of that, nobody knows the rules of the game anymore. So finally, Katniss is like, "Fuck it." She take her arrow and she shoot up into the sky because she understands that they're inside of a contained dome. They're inside of a box. So she like, well, let's get rid of the damn box then. She shoot her arrow, shatters the whole shit. It shuts down the matrix, the whole thing, right? She kills the illusion. 
once you kill the illusion, you become the master of that shit. I, I, forgive me again, I'm having like a total like <laughs> moment here right now. And, and I hope that what I'm saying makes sense. When we're having this conversation, about, at the end of the day, we want to know what is the usefulness of all of this information. Great, Gemini and Mercury are about communication. Great, Cancer is about home and the moon and blah, 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 blah. What can I do with this information? How can this information improve the quality of my life? That's all we really want to know. That's the only shit that makes, that's the only thing that matters. What is the relevance of this information to me? We we are here to shatter the illusion. We are here to remember our true selves, who we truly are. In order to do that, we have to look beyond the distractions. We have to look beyond the 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 false leaders. And when I talk about false leaders, really what I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about these constellations and these planets that we think are more mighty and more powerful than us. Speak on it. But when you shatter the illusion, when you when you put this joint into manual drive, when you do that, that's that's when this thing comes alive. That's that's when it that's when it gets fun, y'all. This is when it gets fun, right here. If you got your basics, you got your one, two, threes, you got your ABCs, you got your fundamentals, and you are you are clear about it. Now you can move on to the higher grades of information. Now you can move on to the higher understanding. Now you can tell the 12 disciples to follow you rather than you being at the mercy of it. And I'm going to come off it with this. This week I found myself I – I think I talked about Tony Robbins last week, didn't I? Well, I, I, had to, I had to go look up Tony Robbins this week, and I've been tough – listening to this dude talk. Tony Robbins is and this dude is a fucking like gazillionaire or something like that. And isn't it very interesting? Forgive me y'all, forgive me. This dude is a fucking magician. He's a magician. He he's a magician. This dude is like a gazillionaire. But when you listen to him talk, he's talking about the same basic concepts of this very conversation that Noble and I are here having every week, the same conversation that you have had, it's the same conversation. These principles, these laws, they permeate the universe. This is a fact. And when we can gain control of them, then we gain control of our experience. This this dude this dude talks about the use of imagination. Repetition. Positive thinking, gratitude. That was the one that killed me. You listen to Tony Robbins, he's talking about gratitude. This dude's a fucking gazillionaire. The abundance, i.e. Jupiter of the universe, has opened he has figured out how to tap into that shit. 
very well. Ooh. <laughs> real talk. <laughs> and, 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 and you can look at him and say, well, that's business, that's money, that's mundane shit. But isn't it very interesting that as soon as you start having these conversations about, and, and he talks about, he talks about the reality of, of, of why we seek to have more is because we really want to share more. This motherfucker's talking Kabbalah. Because we want to share more. That's why we get more. That's why we seek more. And the further we can lean into that concept, the more, the greater this thing will open up to us. Like, none of this shit is a fucking coincidence. It's not. And I'm tripping right now, y'all, because, again, I'm often just talking to myself. But this thing will open up to you if you are willing to be present with truth, if you are willing to shatter and destroy the box that you've closed yourself into out of matter of fear, out of matter of comfort, out of a matter of programming, out of a matter of you just being on some bullshit, like straight up. If you are willing to destroy that box and step out of it, what we end up finding out is that boundaries don't exist, limitations don't exist, I, I, I love it, and I was on my I was on uh, um, Noble the 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 MP3 um, to talk about Jupiter, the the planet of of excellence, abundance, expansion, and how after so long when we're looking at these planets in, in succession to each other, once you. You can't see, after so long, you can't even see them no more. But is our inability to perceive them physically an indication that they don't exist? Absolutely not. After so long, this information asks you to to no longer depend on your physical senses. It asks you to tap into something that you cannot fucking explain. It asks you to tap into something that it doesn't have words. When we talk about the idea of, 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 of the color spectrum, right, there are only, we can all, this is mind-boggling to me, we can only see within a particular limitation of the spectrum of all the colors that actually exist, right? So when we talk about going into higher dimensions, whether we're talking about dreaming, whether we're talking about astral projection, whatever it is we want to talk about, do we not understand that, that there are certain things that we are not going to be able to put words to simply because they cannot be perceived from earth? Like, that's, that's huge to me, because as I start to think about that concept, I, it occurs to me, well, if I go into, in, into my dream state and I see some other color that I can't even perceive from Earth, I can't even communicate that color to myself in words, 
Like if I want to write it out in my dream color, in, in my dream journal, I saw this beautiful ambiance of this particular color. I can't even explain that shit because our humanity is limited. Our humanity is limited. So, so ultimately, my, my conversation today is like, be willing to let go of your humanity. Not divorce yourself from it, but be willing to let it sit down here where it belongs and understand, claim it to be true, be very present with the fact that our existence is far beyond physical. It's, it is far beyond physical. I, I, I've experienced this to be an absolute fact, and, and I will just stop right there because <laughs> I don't want to lose nobody too much today. But our experience is far beyond this very limited box called our physical bodies. Did, did I lose y'all today? Noble, did I lose you today? Where you at? Hey, hey, it's very possible, but I doubt it because the people <laughs> that tune in here – they're here just for that, you know what I'm saying? And uh, but no, that's real spill though, because there's a part of your consciousness that says, "Oh, you tired? Okay, go to sleep." Because I'm about to go off and have an experience called a dream. I'm about to have a wet dream. I'm about to be in the mall, and I'm about to transcend time. While I was just in the mall, and at the blink of an eye, all of a sudden you're back at the house or something. So there's a part of you we call it the nefesh, a part of your soul that seeks to have an experience irregardless to your physical conscious self saying, I'm tired, I am going to sleep. But you yet you still have an experience. You see what I'm saying? So um, that's real spill, man. So, you know, I'm encourage anybody. Uh, what time is it? 3.30. If you got any questions, press 1. Any dialogue, press 1. Um People on the computer, 818-369-0368 is the call-in number. Just in case we may go into overtime 30 minutes from now at 4 o'clock, 818-369-0368 is the call-in number. If you got a question, comment. Now is the time. Press 1. Um, and I know how I do. Sometimes we go overboard far as the time. But, again, mark your calendars for June 24th, man. Come see us. Uh, Philadelphia, Double Tree, Appreciation Dinner, you know what I mean? And um, come meet Nikki Love, man. She be in the building and everybody be in the building. And, you know, we just want to show some appreciation and give thanks to everybody that support us um, over the years, man. And, and, you know, people that's in the Love Fund is going to be there. And everybody in the Love Fund going to be there. Everybody in the Quantum Imaging Membership, the Astro Membership, just going to have a real good time, man. So go to myastrologycoach.com, click on events. You can see it on retreats. The summer solstice, June 24th. It's a Saturday in Philly at the Doubletree, uh, right by the airport, man. So book your ticket. It's only a $100, man, like literally. Like come through and, um, you know, come come get it. Like Nick was saying, man, Tony Robbins, you know, if I check, he was like at about oh. 430 million net worth. Rightfully so, getting it. Getting it. You know what I mean? But the, you know, same the same technique, same I'd be like, yo, it's no wonder why we got 4 million in testimonials. And I'm going to tell y'all something, man, for real. And I'm only counting from a um, 
28-day book club that that ran in the summer of 2013 for 28 days. Now we're going back to back again. Let's just 56 days of 2013. And then I didn't bring the law of attraction gratitude back into the fold until 2016, last year. And when we did the 28 days again, I took a three-year hiatus of dealing with the law of attraction as a group. And we went stupid bonkers in 28 days, and I ran it back-to-back again. So that's 56 days again. So 56 and 56 give us what? Like what, 112? You know what I'm saying? Hey, room 112 with the players dwell. 112 days of gratitude, which then, you know, at that point in 2016, when we did it, I just said, you know what? We ran it, and we're going to package this up, and everything is inside of the Imagination Guru, which is ongoing. So, you know, like real talk, like, and got literally, Nick could tell you, like, yo, there was so many testimonials coming in, emails driving me crazy. Up, <laughs> driving people crazy. <laughs> like, yo, email up all these testimonials coming. And you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was off the chain. And we already at four. So to see Tony Robbins understanding this law and working with people. Um, that may be in a little bit of a better economic situation because he do work with people that's on Wall Street and big movers in the, in the corporate world. That's a fact. You know what I mean? So for him to have a network of $430 million, I understand how that's possible because we take this same science, apply it to quote-unquote hood niggas, and all of a sudden we get $4 million and it translates to you finding uh, a couple dollars while you out jogging on the trail or mm. you getting a $1,000 pay raise or Nick, or you know, applying the principles and saying, you know what, ten thousand is my goal, and all of a sudden it mysteriously appears. It ain't like you oh. worked for it and ten thousand popped up. It's <laughs> like you had it in savings, and your four hundred one k said, you know what, here's a little benefit for you earn an extra ten thousand. Now it ain't how it popped up. It popped up because somebody else got the signal, like yo, I want to gift you with something, but hey. you got to spend it this way. But nevertheless, you you got it. It's yours. Hey. You know what I'm saying? So these are facts, man. You understand these laws, get busy with it, and that's what we do. You know what I mean? So um, if anybody got a question, you know, press one. Nick, I know how you get. Sometimes you want to hit them again before we go to the line. But anybody got a question, we got a few people over there with their hands up. Um, we got some hands yeah, up today. Get... Yeah, yeah, let's let's get to it, man. Let's see. Um, call it from the 646-556. What's happening? Good afternoon, Noble and Nikki. How are you? Awesome. How are you? Hey, hey, we're good. Excellent, excellent, excellent. This is actually my first time listening to the show. Um, But I really believe in divine timing. And when you're ready, you'll find what you need. And I, when I joined the show, you guys were just winding up talking about the ninth house. And mm-hmm. so um, what, what in my particular situation, I've got Venus, Saturn, and Mercury in my ninth house. Mm-hmm. And so I know they played a major role in who I am, um, my intuition, um, just, just the deepest part of my psyche. I, that I absolutely get. I just don't know how that translates into practicality. Can you help right, us with that? Right, right. 
Absolutely. Um, with Saturn there, um, especially if it's close, if it's close to Venus, um, and this is the ninth house where Venus carries this, sometimes it carries this love principle to it. Um, the question I have for you is, have you been in a relationship where either you were significantly older than the person you were in a relationship with or vice versa? They were older than you. That, that's the first question that I have. Um, when I was younger, I was very much attracted to men much older than me. So when I was definitely, yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Now, the reason that I ask that is because a part of your inner being, obviously, that the cosmic forces ain't nothing but a, re- a reflection, inner psychological process. At the end of the day, me and the prime minister always had this conversation. All of these planets are under the dominion of Mercury. We say that because all of them are psychological processes. Saturn is, okay, how I think about responsibility and hard work and success and grinding. And then Venus is how I think about relationships. And Mars is how I like to have sex and passion. These are all things that you must think first before they become a physical expression of yourself. So, therefore, they're all mental aspects of yourself. I want to be very, 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 very clear about this. And this is why I don't necessarily, and I will again, but I don't, I don't, I don't toot the horn on astrology too strong as I used to because I focus on other things. But there's a, it's easy for us to misperceive how to properly understand this, and we have seen it as forces of wrestling with you, per se. Not saying that's you, but my point is the, the reason why I ask you that question is because there's an inner reflection of your own self that would be attracted to older people, or vice versa. It may be someone that's, quote-unquote, a youngster, and you may be what they call the cougar in the situation, but we have to learn that once this is a part of your, let's just say it's your cosmic bio makeup, and everything is legal and legit, you know what I mean, where the moral code mm-hmm. is up to standard mm-hmm. of the parties that's participating, then it's okay for you to either, A, have uh, that, you know, you know, you know how we see it in our society, oh, uh, she got her sugar daddy, if you're younger, right, as a woman, you know what I mean? And if, it's a, and if right. you're a woman and the man is younger, then you a cougar. But it's the other <laughs> way around, you a sugar daddy. You know what I'm saying? So it's right, right. But point, my, my, my point is the way that's set up for you, um, by you naming those three planets, it just instantly tell me that that's okay. So to a degree, um, and I have to see some other things to put it in, you know, see the whole chart in totality. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it just it just points well, so to, far, you know, the youngsters you, you know, don't you, you can be a me. teacher. Okay, 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 right, right. Yeah, so they don't. They never have. The older they person. work my nerves like right, nobody's right. business. They do. Right, um, right, right, right. And I have right. a son who's 25. Yeah, so, but, but, so, but, here, but here, okay. But here, here's the thing. Here, here's the key. Here, here's the practical part of it, right? Okay, great. The practical part of, with, of this beautiful combination is the ability to have a laser-like focus when it comes to anything that 
you like that deals with the expansion of your consciousness. So whatever philosophical <laughs> ideals and school of thoughts that you're interested in, you have an ability to talk about these things slash teach these things, because Saturn is a teacher marker, teach these things, or if it's an older person per se, then you have the marker that I say, sis, if you go off to India somewhere seeking your journey of spirituality, there will be this older guru type of guy or figure there that will easily say, I am in love with you, or love you in a certain way, even if it's not romantic, which it could be, but they will still take on, even if it's not, they will still have a natural attraction to you in the terms that says, I want to teach and impart my wisdom to you. You see, So that marker, on one level, if it's local, it just deals with you having a, a fine-tuned ability to learn and expand consciousness and an ability to share this in relationships. Relationships could be personal and or business, okay? Mm-hmm. But if we want to take it up to me, the higher notches of it is you finding, quote-unquote, someone that would be like a foreigner who has the knowledge of these um, spiritual things you're interested in that's able to convey the information to you. You become a direct disciple, per se, from that person and your own teacher of that information that you're allowed to share and help people evolve in their inner self and their relationships is how that marker works. All right? So well, you, got you just the, gave I, me confirmation. Say, girl, yeah. I heard you laughing. I know you got some confirmation. Oh, for sure. Because one, <laughs> I, I was just, and it's so crazy. I know I trust divine guidance like nobody's business. And I've been saying for the last three weeks, I need to go to India. I don't know why I need to go to India, but I need to wow. go to India. And Dr. Yes. Kalai, who I recently started following, I'm like, you know, uh-huh. I really need to reach out to him. He's got a program on starting a conscious business. I think I'm ready for that. So, wow. you know, I'm like, I had to put my, I had to put myself on the layaway plan to get it. But <laughs> apparently, <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to be doing next. Because I get so bored so easily. And when you said that I have the ability to focus like a laser on what I'm interested in, that is so true. I could go days without sleep, days without eating. I'm, time collapses completely when I'm enjoying something. And God consciousness uh, expansion into our true divinity is really the only message that I'm interested in sharing with the world at this point because that's the most important thing. And and all my wealth, that's where my I, – I mean, I, I have a great job at home that I created. I got out of corporate America by saying I'm tired and created my dream job that I'm working at home. And then it was like, okay, you got the dream job, now what? And then now you and you guys just gave me the answers. So thank you so much. So, so much. And make sure you call us call us from India. 
Well, I'm gonna be yeah, so I, I, with y'all. I'm gonna be on y'all like crust on bread from now on because <laughs> I, you know, I need what you guys are giving. So, I, I, you'll you'll hear from me again, and and just you know, really, I I can't even, I can't even tell you how how inside this is the the person inside of me is jumping up and down at this new direction. So it's pretty it's Excellent. pretty big. Pretty big. Cool. Peace and blessings. Cool. Well make sure you you know, well thank you. We appreciate you. And go over to the imagination dot com and drop your email off so you can get on our mailing list and that way we can keep you abreast of all the stuff we got going on. I will do that. Absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. Thanks again guys. Thank you. Oh, you got you're very welcome. I love it. What an excellent call. And see, that right there is exactly what I was talking about. She could, she couldn't even click to words. She said, you know, all I can, you know, my my inner being, my inner self is jumping up and down right now. That's you. you I could hear her. She couldn't even put words to how accurate and timely. It, it was in that very moment. Something told her, you know, let me just wander on over here, and I just happened to catch it right at the moment, right, right at the at the right time. It, like, this thing can't, once you start getting into this stuff right here, like all of the other signs we've been dealing with is that you can put words to. It's colors that we're familiar with. It's, it's images and concepts that we're familiar with from the mundane level. Now we're starting to deal with, that other shit, like you, you can't put words to that. You can't, you can't fully do justice to to describing that thing. And, you know, I I spoke a little bit to the as I've been counseling with 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 some folks over the past couple of weeks, and they're like, "How did you know that, Nikki?" And I can't tell you how I knew that. I just knew. I, I heard it. I, I but but I never said it. But I I heard I heard it in what you did not say. I heard it in what you did say, and, and, and I explained it this way to to a friend of mine the other day. I, my ability to interpret, my ability to hear and, and, and understand these, these other forms of communication, it's a, it's a lot like a lawyer, right? And so a lot of th- there are there are laws that govern this universe. When we break those laws, a lot of times it's very difficult for us as human beings to understand, well, this happened because I broke this particular law, or this happened because, you know, I thought this or I asked for this, you know, two months ago and I forgot all about it, whatever the case may be. But a lot of times we don't have the capacity in our humanity to understand and to translate the language of the universe. It's a lot like a lawyer, right? You read like a read some some legal jargon like in Latin, you know, that Latin and all of that stuff that's difficult to understand unless you're actually trained for that. And and so we we call on a lawyer to interpret these laws for us. Right to interpret that particular jargon that I'm reading it, but this is a whole other language. I don't understand it. What is this shit saying? This this is. But now we're talking about that same thing. We're talking about interpreting from from a different perspective on, on a different level in in a in a different language that is not it's not verbal. It's not it's not bound by the laws of our our human under. Understanding, like, yo, I'm I'm just blown away right now. I'm sorry, we got some more callers, Noble. <laughs> nah, man, I got the prime minister. Where you at, man? 
What up? What up, bro? What's up, Mickey? Nick? On here. What's cracking? What up, Joe? Chilling, man. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, you know, man, you how you gonna talk about Sag and Jupiter and don't bring up the Guru, man? What the hell, man? You know, man, the Guru, man, hey, man, hey, man. You know, that's 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 hey, that's, that's, that's 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 that Guru marker, man. But you know, um. You know, the last caller I was listening, and, um, you know, you're talking about that Gemini and Sag access, and, um, you know, that Gemini frequency is a bunch of, um, you know, it's intellects, you know, it's it's picking up data, it's storing away information, uh, you know, learning, and all that type of thing, but the, the, the opposite of that is because you end up reaching the point, you know, one access leads us to grow and reach for the higher octave. And you, what happens is once you get over to Jupiter and, and Sag, it has to become a level of experience that's coupled with what you've been reading. You actually become it. Uh, and this is why the guru is so important because he or she has actually actualized the data into having internal experiences ones that they can speak from to um, teach from a higher level of understanding uh, to the to the people who are listening because they can say, you know you know how it is, Noble, you know, young boys or people going to plumbing or carpentry or whatever it is that they do, and they read all these books and books and books and books, and they get there with these veterans that have been doing the work for 30 and 40 years, and these young bucks come on the scene and they be like, you know, I passed the tests with fine colors. I got a 95, and I'm certified. And when they get out there in the field with the with the pros who've been doing it, then they then they going off the textbook data of what it should be when they get out there with the physical hands on. The vets be like, "No, nah, man, it doesn't work that way." You know what I mean? And 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 they, and, they, and he telling them like, you know, what the book said, and that's what it said. The technical and the and the vet says, "I know exactly what the book says." I've read the book too, but that's not how it works when you get out here and go through the experience of whatever that craft or field is. You see that all the time. So at that moment, the the, the book savvy person, the intellectual Gemini-ish way learns that, wait a minute, no, it's another higher octave of, of assimilating data so that it can work for me, you know what I mean, so that I can work through it so that it can be more, more beneficial to me. You know what I mean? And so that's that that's that Sag frequency. That's that Jupiter flow. But Nikki brought up earlier, too, um, you know, this whole thing about um, the, 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 the outer influence. And let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all something. There's no finer astrologer anywhere on the planet than Noble Ampu when it comes to utilizing planets to create phenomena. Okay, he's mastered the science of the external world and how we can incorporate these things into our consciousness to uh, drive this universe manually, right? Uh, instead of always having to be on this automatic where things just happen and we have no idea why, and these energies are bombarding our fields and causing all kind of madness and sometimes pleasures, but whatever the case may be, we're experiencing these phenomena as what we would consider to be external forces. But see, 
over in because I always because the guru the, the 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 Jupiter the Sash flow likes to introduce some holy writ or what people would call scripture. So I always like to use these scriptures to paint a picture so that people can really understand how to how to use these things. But over in Titus, right? Let me try that this verse right. Right? Let me try this verse right. It's Titus three and thirteen, right? And it says, Do your best to equip Zanus the lawyer and Apollos so that they will have everything that they need. Now, that's actually in Scripture. Now, you read that on the surface, you think they're talking about, you know, some persons named Zenus or Zanus, the lawyer, and Apollos. But when you actually translate the literature, you come to find out that Zanus actually translates to Zeus or Jupiter, and Apollos actually translates to mean the sun. Right, and so it's tricky. They use the word lawyer, but Noble and Nikki over the conversation explained how Jupiter represents the law, right? Noble talked about how you have, before you can get the corn and government, we have to have these laws laid down of how we're going to govern once we finally do get over here to, to governing people. What are we going to govern them by? What laws and rules and regulations are we going to have for them? What laws are we going to put in place? So in the scripture it says, do your best to equip Xanus the lawyer. But they, when you translate it, we, they're talking about planets, planets, right? So we can use these external forces, these two beneficents, the sun and Jupiter, and we can bring them along their track in our own lives so that we don't want for anything, so that mm-hmm. the abundance can pour in and, into our lives, like Nikki mentioned with Tony Robbins, who's mastered the Jupiter principle, right, of abundance, you see, right? So... This is, it's, it's important that we take these lessons that you hear Nikki and Ampu and myself serious because it's real. Noble told you we have $4 million. And let me tell you something about the consciousness of people of, of, who lack of, or have a poverty consciousness. We could, these numbers could have been way more astronomical than they are, but the problem is we've been conditioned right, in this particular section of populace or the minority called African-Americans, to always view things from a very skeptical, very uh, pessimistic point of view, right? And no, it's pseudo It's right. It's total against pseudo. Jupiter is to be is optimistic, right, Noble? He's, he's the most optimistic force in the universe, right? But we're taught to go against that. We want to, we everything got to be skeptical and I don't know, and it's nothing wrong with having reason. I'm not negating that because that's the other side, is to be able to have rationale and to be able to reason. That's the Mercury principle. That's the balancing force. But listen, when you start to have experiences and or people start to show you experiences, i.e. the guru, Jupiter, flow that I mentioned, then at some point, you know, you get to the point where you realize, okay, this is really happening. People are really authentically having these experiences, what is going on here? You see what I'm saying? Without, you know, and I make it my business to tag these people in these posts because I know I'm trying to get rid of the skepticism in the observer because I know it's still down there somewhere in your mind, right? So that Jupiter flow comes through to expand. Get out of your cubbyhole. Expand your awareness. And then Nikki mentioned something beautiful where it goes beyond words. Right, And you'll also find this in Scripture where Paul is trying to make this reference where he says, I was pulled up to the third heaven, whether I was in the body or not, I do not know. 
right? Mm. For people who have those experiences internally where they know that their consciousness is non local, that they're able to have a conscious recollection of something that they're experiencing outside of a body. And people in my membership know we talk about this. I give the case studies on it from the MDs, the PhDs, or whoever you consider to be the white coach that people respect who study this phenomenon in laboratories with electrodes to brains and stimulating different structures in the skull. And then you'll hear the Christ tell Nicodemus. When Nicodemus is not, he, 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 he knows all the, the letters of the law. He's the most wisest Sanhedrin, right? He knows all of the rules and regulations of Israel. But he, when it comes to these parables that the Christ is trying to get over to him about a higher level of awareness, he can't understand. What do you mean a birth from above is born again? He doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then the Christ tells him, he says, well, look, if you can't understand earthly things, how would you understand heavenly things if I try to tell you? Oh, oh, you see, so <laughs> this, you, when you, when you, when you, when, so you have to, you, and listen, people who have these experiences guard yourself accordingly from people who are still so earthbound that their urge to, to materialism wholeheartedly, uh, uh, scars them from the ability to have this experience. And let me make this clear. Minister Jew is re- really, really big on balance. Like, no, we need money. You got to have it down here because that's part of your physical demonstration. So it's better to have a lot of that than very, very little of it because it allots you security and freedom and these other things, right? But once you get enough of that or you're comfortable enough at least where you're not struggling from check to check or whatever it is that you're going through, then these higher principles of mind start to become of interest and curiosity to you. You see what I'm saying? Because you start to realize, like, okay, this thing, all right, it, ain't, it can't just be about this because I'm having experiences like this. I read about people having experiences like that, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, like Noble said, Sag is one of the most versatile. And you're right, Noble. When I, I start shooting the arrow straight, man, you know they, you know, hey, man, it's tough. It gets tough. Can we cover too? Oh, they man. They come at me. Listen, oh, when I start man. shooting it straight, it'd it be like it's too straight. We don't want to accept it, or they or they know it's true. You know how somebody know it's true, right? But and then they be like, because remember Jupiter, that's truth too. It's it's a truth to Jupiter. It's a it's, a, it's a, you know along with Uranus too, but it's a truth associated with Jupiter, right? Right? Because you trust your guru. So anytime you trust somebody, there has to be a level of truth associated with that, right? You trust your doctrine that you read every day. So it has to be some level of truth associated with that if you trust it. So in, in other words, uh, you know, people know that it's true, but like Nikki said, it, it, it starts to shatter all of the, com- the comfortable confinements of their mind and what's been dictated to them previously. Even if it's from somebody, even when the truth is found out about somebody who you held dearly to your heart, you know, so... Hey, man, I salute y'all, man, for, for, for show number nine. You know, I really, really like the Sag flow, one of my favorite frequencies in the zodiacal circle. Um, and that's just my two cents, man. But other than that, man, get to the website, theimaginationguru.com. We getting it in. We getting, we getting busy. You know, testimonials flying off the hook. You know, every day somebody reporting something to me, to Ampu, about an experience that they've had. And it's for people who are taking this thing serious, you know, people who are really going to walk in it stand tall, and apply their self to it and not, and not settle for less, you know. So that's it, man. I'm going to roll out, man. Let's all wrap it up, bro. Excellent. Thank talk. you. Absolutely. Man. Peace, oh, we, got a, we got another caller. 
from the uh you can stay on man, I got your line open. Call it from the three oh one three two six. Three oh one three two six. Anybody that's online, hey, what's happening, bro? Hold on, give me one second. Anybody that's on the okay. internet portion, uh, you got one minute to call in because we're about to go on OT and then cut the internet portion. But um, call in eight one eight three six nine zero three six eight again eight one eight three six nine zero three six eight. Call it from the three oh one. What's happening? Nothing. What's going on? This is Jonathan. Jonathan Romero. What's good? Yeah, nothing chilling, just uh, calling. You know, I'm a Sagittarius rider, so I, you know, pee my head into the room to see what's going on. No, I appreciate it. Glad you did. Did we do you some justice? Yeah, I actually, um, you know, listening, I'm like, I I thought about where my Mercury at. My Mercury is in Leo, but my Leo is in my ninth house. So, um, uh Give, giving that some thought. Yeah, um, I, I I actually didn't hear everything all the way because my phone got cut off. So I just got finished watching Power Rangers, so just came from that. Yeah, um, another one, another one uh, thing I wanted to state, uh, keep in mind too, is I made it to college. I'm in college right now, so I'm a Sagittarius rising at college. So I'm like living my child out. <laughs> Excellent. Uh,
So I brought Chiron to the world as a little inside joke I got to myself. Uh, but I seen, I seen, um, no, some shit, shit. Like, I, I believe is, you. you know, shit, shit is discovered. Star Wars, like Star Wars is the number one thing for a reason. That's 77, the year mm-hmm. I was born, which happened to be the year Chiron was discovered. I brought some shit to the world to show y'all shit, man. Yeah. I just want to shoot my horn and some other chilling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, I've seen two markers on Chiron, and I'm starting to lean towards one that only the Magi's, is, the Magi Society talk about, is um, the, the popular definition is the, ooh, it's the wounded healer. But there's another marker yeah. that I saw with that, another definition that dealt with Chiron is actually some great insight into soulmate markers. And I started mm. seeing certain things when I made that note and when I do comparison charts and relationships and stuff, I started to see to a degree that started to pan out like, okay, oh, I see it, I see it. So even though Chiron takes 50 years, which now makes it a Syrian thing as well, it takes 50 yeah. years to make a complete revolution. Um, it has mm-hmm. not been studied in a full orientation yet or full circle yet because, like I said, it had been discovered in 77, so it's only 40 years old right now. But that does not mean at year 10 and year 20 and 30, whatever, you couldn't see what that energy represents, not to negate that, but certainly get into that because it's out for me. But we we got to get on the ceremony. Right, right, absolutely. But the, you know, to have that energy there, bro, man. You know, just um, you know, hey, man, women, intellect, uh, women who have intellectual pursuit, um, that also can translate that into love, um, and fun. You know what I mean? It's really great, man. So you really get one of those paths. I'm gonna tell you something about the ninth house, especially if you got an attachment of love to it, such as Venus, such as Leo, uh, even Mars, with that passion. You get a pass to go outside the country and have some fun experiences that are on the aspect of uh, enlightening. Because, two, um, the ninth house and Jupiter and Sagittarius, since it deals with expansion, the word tenoit, which is the base of tantra, tantra means to expand. So that's Jupiter. That's consciousness. So, therefore, you get the right to um, really practice that particular philosophy, and let me be clear on that too, because in the United States, we think tantra is just 100% sex, and that's so not true. It deals with breathing, mm-hmm. it deals with chakras, it deals with meridians in your body, it deals with meditation, it deals with all of that. It just so happens to be the science that does not shun sex. Because you got to remember, the eighth house, the previous sign, Scorpio, you got to get to this region first before you're ready to go into Sagittarius and higher wisdom and things of that nature, which also shows us something. To a degree, we get into sexual relationships, i.e. Scorpio, without Mm. learning about higher sciences, Sagittarius, ninth house, first. Mm. And it makes Mm. sense because when you look at reality, what happens? Oh, I like you. You cute. You like me. Okay, cool. And then all of a sudden you start to grow. You may introduce something, and then the other person may be with it or they may not be with it in most cases. Like, but that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Now I stick to Jesus Christ. You tripping. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. the evolution yeah. of the law of the cosmic will denotes that, hey, you do have sex before you have higher consciousness. But, see, this is when, when you start to learn this thing. And it, now we see what Jew was talking about with the guru. The guru, to a degree, especially in the Indian gurus, 
they would abstain themselves and say, nope, I'm going hermit, I'm going monk. My sexual partner is God. I ain't messing with none of that stuff. Y'all too much. There's too much karma. There's too much drama. Yeah, I and I realize that coming from the neighborhood IED, that I come from. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. You had you had these experience. Talk about it, bro. You had these experience. Yeah, like come, I talked about come before. From the, yeah, coming from neighborhood I come from I actually was um before I, I gained consciousness, I was a Jesus freak. Like I took myself to church. My parents like, Where are you going early this morning? I'm going to um church or I'm going to Bible study and everybody around me was being sluts and thoughts and Having sex yeah. all the while, like with, with no regard of anything, and then when I was I was always younger than everybody around me, so I was like, "Yo, can you help me? You know, help me get some ass or something? Like, you know, I'm I am trying to like you know be virtuous, <laughs> but you know, I don't want to die a virgin. So I mean, this time was like, man, look, go somewhere with that, man. Look, this is what you do. Right, and they'll say right. something to do that's real obscene stuff like that. But the comment is. A lot of people end up having kids early and kind of, like, cut, cutting themselves at the kneecaps. Like I went to, like, okay, all the shit y'all told me was wrong. I'm going to really go find out how this sex stuff really works. And then end up getting to Tantra. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it all came full circle for me, actually. So. Right. For so, man, you definitely got those markers. Um so you know, have fun, be sincere. Um and long as everything is transparent, you good. Yeah. Go ahead. One more question before I get off the phone because I, I know that you're real big into the um the nodes. My um my north node is in my first house, Sagittarius. My south node is in um uh Gemini. And I think they're both twenty seven degrees. Uh yeah, and I when we did the original uh, broadcast, I got cut short of what what that means. So I want gotcha. to uh, know what the dragon. Yes. Yeah. So I want to okay. know. Um, all right, all right. I got. I, I got you. All right. Um. All right. Cool. So the North Node, man. Like I tell people to get any session with me, I usually end it on that note because it is imperative that you understand this marking. Um, it is what I call the cherry on top of the whipped cream. Here is your dessert. Have a good day. This is it. We go no further. <laughs> what more do you need to understand that, nigga, this is your soul's calling right here, North Node. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to talk about nothing else. You got it? You understand? Okay, do this, and then you can holler at me about how you're making success, but I don't want to talk about nothing else if it ain't about that. That's what the North Node is. So to have it in... Sag, and again, Sag and Gemini has always been, to me, the biggest contradiction, oxymoron in astrology, because I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. If you're telling me the North Node is in Sag, and Sag means higher wisdom, and the North Node means I am here to grow in this area, fine, I'm here to grow in the area of higher wisdom. But the South Node suggests that, wait a minute, it's in Gemini, which means you have a past life marking in logic and communication and things of that nature. So how is it that you would need to grow in somewhat to a degree an area that you're already familiar with? Even when we reverse the axis and you have a south node in Sagittarius, which is in a past life, south node, past life, 
I've already accumulated higher wisdom and philosophy and things of that nature, but I'm here to grow about Gemini, logical things and thinking, right? It's like, what? That's retarded. How did you get all the way up to that lofty college professor just to come back down to be a regular school teacher? And I get it. That's mine. You want to say, you know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. I, I get it if, if it's like, you know what? It's because you were so high and lofty that you neglected these certain basic principles to a degree that it could have became a detriment to you. So let me answer the question, though. The South Node, or I'm sorry, the North Node, soul's mission in this lifetime in Sag, simply meaning I am here to grow into the wisdom, the philosophy, the understanding of the most revered masters of the earth, and perhaps and should be translated as your own contribution on how you see reality. Because, again, as you pointed out, Sag is the guru. So if your North Node is here, what does that mean? You aspire to become the the guru. You see what I'm saying? So, therefore, you are the teacher. Now, in the first house denotes it's okay for you to literally put yourself the first house. The first house says, I'm dealing with me. I'm not dealing with relationships. I'm not dealing with other people. I'm not dealing with friends. I'm not dealing with my love life. I'm not dealing with health. I'm not dealing with sex. I'm not dealing with communication. I am dealing with me and what I want to aspire to be within the realm of Sagittarius, this higher expansion of consciousness. South node, opposite, past life, Gemini, seventh house, relationships means what? He was already the logical thinking mind on a relationships type of guy. You already been in a relationship thing where um, it could have been great far as mental stimulus go, Gemini, the mental aspect. But within the relationship, obviously, you neglect itself. So what happens is the South Node, North Node opposition denotes that oh, you spent entirely too much time in the South Node relationships, right, Seventh House, that you neglected to put yourself, you lost yourself for the sake of the relationship, bro, which ain't bad, which is pretty cool if you know, you like, you know what, it's your way, cool, and whatnot. However, it just sets up a marking that puts this intense drive where, you know what, I'm in college now, I'm learning. I'm doing something a lot of people don't do, don't go to college and learn and get into this. And at the same time, balancing myself with um, philosophical, for lack of a better word, philosophical spiritual information within my journey of higher consciousness. So you have to put that first as the base. That's why I sing your first house, which means never, ever neglect the way that that inner calling, that inner burning of your inner self that says, I want to learn this, I want to have this particular experience, never neglect that for the sake of a relationship. You're not here to do that this time. The North Node in the first house allows you to put yourself first because the South Node, past life, seventh house relationships, I've sacrificed for relationships before. So much so, I call it the Jesus Christ thing, I'll die for all of you. Ain't about me. Go ahead, live, right? It was a certain principle that they was talking about there. So it's kind of like that same concept with you. Give yourself the green life to put your expansion of mental consciousness and the things you want to experience that's going to cater to your personality, hence the first house, 
It's going to cater to your personality. Put those things first, bro. Um, and 334-863, I see you. Nick, you want to add on before we go to the next call? Um, the only things that came up for me, and I, I think the brother spoke to it very well, as well as Jew did, you know, this this house, it, it's college, because if you've ever been to college before, college asks you to forget everything that you learned in high school, junior high, elementary school. It asks you to forget that. Like, And, and I can think of a very particular, my, my first real realization of that in my own personal experience in college um, and I think I talk, talked about it last week in, in, in dealing with theology. Like, I grew to love theology from going to college. And theology and, and taking classes in theology was the first time that I began to learn the history of this doctrine that, you know, I thought that I held so dearly to my heart. I grew up Christian. So here was the first time that I learned the history of Christianity. You know, I had been taught, you know, in, in my childhood that, you know, God somehow wrote the Bible and this is what we're supposed to live by and anybody that doesn't live by it is going to hell, right? So then here I went to college and my first, you know, basic theology course, I learned about the Council of Nicene blew my damn wig off, right? Uh-oh. So, but here I was learning about a whole other perspective of what I had held close to my heart based on programming, right? And, and I'm not going to get into, you know, bad, good, none of that stuff. It's just a different perspective. So college asks you to forget everything that you thought you knew because now you find out you don't know shit. Right, and the deeper you lean into this 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 work, the deeper you learn into lean into the spirituality, the more wisdom you gain, you actually end up learning that you know nothing. The more you know, the less you actually do know and in talking about Tony Robbins, I heard him speak to it as well. He said, you know. Anybody that's out here, you know, listening to these conversations and they're saying to themselves, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but you're not actually applying this information to your life, you don't know shit. You understand, but you don't know shit, right? And so that's what Jude was talking about earlier. This requires you to overstand from a, a, a perspective of experience. I can't tell you how I already knew that you were going through this experience, I can't tell you how I already, how I, you know, the sister called several weeks back and she asked us one question and I said, okay, I'll answer that question for you, but I'm also going to answer the question, the other question that I hear you intentionally not asking me, right? I can't tell you how I heard it. I can't tell you how I know that you're asking that question. I know that that's what you're really trying to get to. I just know it. I can't put words to that. And so when, you know, and Noble was talking about Jew and, and, and that straight shooter and Sagittarius, you know, and, 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 and Gemini and that parallel there, I it, I was like, my hand was raised. I was like, yep, that's, that's me all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I'll shoot straight. And it's like, fuck you, Nikki. How, you know, how dare you say that? How did you, and, and even better, how did you even know that? I never said anything about that. I can't tell you how I knew I heard you say it when you threw the things that you didn't say. I heard you imply it. I heard your spirit say it to me. So I, 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 I can't I 
can't tell you how I did it, but the fact that I spoke to this thing and it, it hit a nerve in you, that's how I know I'm right. Yeah, that's why I'm talking to Nikki when I'm high. <laughs> my mom I'll be kidding Diesel, you. Yeah. I don't talk to Nick. I'm like, no, nah, I can't talk to Nick. And I'll be like, now. oh, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, no, I will not talk to you. <laughs> that's not happening. But uh, caller from the 334-863, what's happening? What's happening up, Pooh? And Nikki, how y'all doing what's today? Good, man? Awesome. How are you? Man, I said, I'm great. Man, I love y'all show. I've been listening to it ever since y'all start the series with Aries. And, um, oh, man, we appreciate I just been you. loving it. I love the show. I love this webinar last weekend. And um, what I was asking was, I'm a Sagittarius son. And, and I want to know more about the Sagittarius son. But I also uh, have a Senate in Aquarius and my moon sign. Is Aquarius. Okay. Cool, man. Got you, man. Well, it, you know, it points to why we would even have this conversation and why we would even know each other for me. Because for Aquarius to be rising, and I'm, I'm, I'm super Aquaman. I'm four planets deep in the Aquarian age at that. Um, so it's a good chance you got the, you, you know, you got, you, that energy is very close to my energy, which denotes attraction which would mean you would simply just have to hear me and it would just take you hearing me to say, you know what, there's some aspect of truth that I see within myself that I want to know about. And thus it denotes the law of attraction. This is why I love astrology because it can at least provide a mathematical, factual blueprint that we may call coincidence. And that's why, because I love the math term of coincidence or coincide when two things are on top of each other. Well, we take your Aquarius rising, we take your Aquarius moon, and we superimpose that on top of uh, my Aquarian, you know, energy, and they become the same. It becomes identical, you know, which denotes the law of attraction. Um, um, again, the Sash frequency is very versatile, um, and to have Aquarius rising and to be Sag, um, you probably have a second or third house, I would reckon, um, sun. Um, which if it's second house, um, the Sagittarian energy is to really focus on finances, uh, especially um, foreign finances. It's to you really have a low-key marker of being a foreign banker. In other words, you are the Rothschild. You are the new Rothschild, the new, you know, the real Illuminati that can understand foreign um, currency if your son is in the second house. If it's in the third um, that's super duper teaching mode where um, you know, you got something to say, you got a message, whether you're a writer, speaker of some sort, or uh, there there's a message and I, I push third house Gemini energy to tell their truth, especially if they're around me. I was laughing with you yesterday. In fact it's be so funny how we can't see ourselves because the eyes look outward and there was really a a sincere time that Jew used to try to convince me that I need to tell people what he said because he never, at that point, he was never on a physical public platform. No, nah, no, nah, you just say it, normal man. I don't want to play background. <laughs> no, nah, you bugging. <laughs> like, that's not my story, nigga. I don't, I don't understand. I understand 
but it's not my lane to talk about how number 53 from Duke hit the game-winning shot and his last name corresponds to this in society, and that's the spirit world way of showing you niggas to focus on this. Like, that's, that's your story. You have to tell it. So when, if you do have a third house, um, my point is um, tell that truth. Um, this is a beautiful marking because Aquarius to Sagittarius is the real 9-11 because Sagittarius is the ninth sign, Aquarius is the 11th sign. So this is the real 9-11 inside of the cosmic law. And these two are two, naturally, they're supposed to get along because of the elemental nature of Sag is fire, and fire needs oxygen, air, Aquarius to breathe and whatnot. So these two, and plus, again, out of the four signs that need freedom, these are two of them that rock with each other and they, they need freedom and whatnot. Um, to have Aquarius rising simply denotes, although you are sad, a truth seeker, a truth spitter, a teacher in some form, um, Aquarius says, you know, hey, humanity and the evolution of consciousness must be given at this particular point in time. There's a humanitarian contribution one has to do when you have these particular markings, especially when it's rising. And I don't care if it's writing an ebook, bro, especially if you're a third house son, um, and you're not necessarily more of the, you know, the, to a degree sometimes we a little shy and whatnot, but there's still something to say. I don't care if you just go to a community center and you get it off you, get it out you, and let those who naturally find it, find it. I always say this about myself um, in a precept, for real, for real, that I think that we are the best kept hidden secrets, hidden jewels, because it's, it's easy for us to go to this conscious circle, which is very small, and I can storm 125th Street and shut that shit down, and we can have dialogue, and we just really get at it, and we can get in debates. And I've told them before, I'll bust all y'all ass, to be frankly, to be very frank, we'll bust your ass. I, I know that you're not going to get at me and Jew just on like, what we got to say and we got to prove. But my point is, even when we don't play that mainstream because it's not our intention to ruffle feathers and hurt anyone and knock anybody down, it's just sincerely not our intent. So let's just put an element of shyness to that, right? But there's still something that you must say. So you say it and you provide your platform. And your platform could be, because when Aquarius is rising, it deals with technology. So this is Internet. This is the age of, I always say it, Roger Trotman from the D, same birth city, computer love. This is this is computer love before computers was even out. You, you society didn't even have internet. At least regular society didn't have. The government may have had it, but computer love was like, what are you talking about? Computer love? They didn't even know computers at that time, right? But my point is, with Aquarius rising, create you a website, create you a blog, spit your truth on your regular social media. People who follow you, who resonate with that, if those are your fish, if whether it be 10 honest, loyal people, or whether it be 144,000 loyal people, your fish is your fish. And you're here when you have those two markings of great truth, because we're pretty much the same. I got a ninth house son, but I'm an Aquarius. 
See what I'm saying? So those markers show right up with me. Sag and Aquarius is heavy in my life. Um, I married a Sagittarius, so very heavy in my life. Um, you know, say your truth that deals with helping humanity. And I'm going to open your line up because I'm curious to know your son, what was it that, um, that's, that's going to help humanity evolve based off your honest, sincere perception of um, information that you get from wherever you get it from. So go ahead, bro. I'm listening. Yes. Yeah. Um, you read on, Apple. You read on. And uh, because I come from a small town, and, and a lot of people have said that you have some type of uniqueness about you. And um, mm-hmm. and I love to teach and I love to speak. And I think my this is in the third house. And you read on. And I do have a lot to say because I've been following you in Minister Jude for the like, last year or so. Um, I've been really listening to y'all. I've been really into that. And I do resonate with you so much with this astrology and and um you're right on point and I do need to speak and I have a lot of people told me that they are they intrigued by some of the stuff I do open up and share with them about this and you're right on point and I will get up on that because y'all really is been so much knowledge that I really do really do enjoy it and really have learned so much in the last few months, listen to y'all, and it's been a awesome, awesome. We appreciate you, man. Definitely, man. Definitely, yeah. Just use Thank the vehicle. Thank y'all to express your truth. You know, find that vehicle, whether it be a blog, whether it be a journal, but it's something that has to be shared with humanity. So you can't keep it to yourself. With Aquarius rising, it's something that has to benefit. Um, not only yourself, but benefit others. Because Aquarius is, is for real, for real, is an oxymoron in itself because it has a key word called the unique individual. Like, Wait a minute. Individual is totally opposite of the word humanity. Humanity deals with everybody else. So Aquarius' ego trip is I get pride in knowing that my shit is the bomb that humanity mess with. So they go my pride. It comes into that, but it's highly individualistic, which you know sometimes can um, needs to have its space because it is the unique weirdo scientist that's with a telescope somewhere doing this thing. But the information that you convey back to the public has to be one that's going to help people. So I strongly encourage you with those markers. You have to tell your truth because. Because I'm going to tell you something, and this ain't to put no bad thing on it, but I give you the polar opposite of how this reality works. A suppression of that truth, when you have air energy, Aquarius, third house, Gemini, the air, the air quality deals with the nervous system, and it will start to, a suppression of the truth will start to mess with your nervous system, and it will start to create uh, various issues, and you don't want to do that because... The nervous system, although God is in every system and in everything and in, in everything that you can think of, I love the fact that within the human being, the nervous system is the system that relays all communications from the brain 
i.e., the, the focal point or headquarters of consciousness, to the entire body. So God really resides inside of the nervous system, hence the term when somebody irks you, you say, you get on my nerve. And it's very true because God exists in the nerve. The nerves look like a tree. And the, tr- the real tree of life is your nervous system. That's the real tree. It's right there. So express your truth, beloved. Express it. Create a website. Create a blog. Create a free blog. At, you know, they do blog spot, whatever. Create a free blog yep. and just share your truth, you know, and, and you'll be very good, very great in, in releasing that energy and serving humanity. I, I would definitely do that, Apple. I thank you, Nikki. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're very welcome, bro. Yeah. Uh, so we have overtime, man. Anybody else? You can press one. Um, now's the time. Don't be shy. Um, hey, no, man. It's a lot of dialogue there on them nodes, man. What's up with that, man? A lot of people got to talk about them nodes. Hey, I love them nodes, man. <laughs> hey, man. This is what I didn't say with the nodes. Go ahead. No, I was going to say... It's a very real phenomenon. You know, I, I look at my nose, and, um, you know, me and Aunt Poo always talk about our connection. Every, You know, we brothers, man. And, you know, he, he was here in Chicago when he was younger. There's a lot of connection yeah. uh, in some of the experiences that me and him have both had leading up to us joining forces to do this work. But, you know, I got a south node in Aquarius, right? Um, you know, very close to Noble's uh, stellum. Uh, in, in the earlier parts of uh, Aquarius, but Aquarius is actually the ruler of my third, and you know we know that the third house or the Gemini frequency is brothers, sisters, siblings, and so right. yeah, mm-hmm. relationship come off like brothers, you know, like you know from another mother, but brothers to say the least, you know what I mean, and uh, you know, and it, and it, listen, I just got a call from somebody who heard one of the shows that I did on Rich Channel. And everybody always say the same thing, man. I've never heard nobody speak about the stuff that you speak about the way you express it and say it, Jew. And you see that, you know what I mean? That 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 Uranus flow, that Aquarian flow is different, it's awkward, but it's it's electrifying. You know what I mean? And when me and Ampu get together, it be electric, no matter what it is that we do. You know what I mean? So you learn a lot from the nodes, man, as far as you know some of the things that you naturally been gifted to do. And that's why Ampu being the Aquarius, Drew coming along as, as on the Gemini frequency, you know, and, and and I got this third house rulership going on with this Aquarian thing. I meet an Aquarius and say, nah, man, teach your talk, man. Get out there and say what you got to say. You know what I mean? And it's always yeah. been that way throughout my life, dealing with certain Aquarius. The first person that turned me on to science was an Aquarius, February 14th, my man Rob Davis. You know what I mean? So I always run into the yeah. Aquarian frequency that pushes me further out, you know what I mean, into the public, right? Because the moon rules the public. And so I got my moon conjuncts my south node. So it just all makes sense when you start to put the pieces to the puzzle together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one thing about that node thing is this. It's hypothetical. It is not a physical body in space. It is a presumption of if the moon crossed the path, the earth is going around the sun, so there's a little path right there. 
If the moon were to cross the path at the time of your birth, it would be right here called node, north node. And the total opposite of that would be the south node. And it is very, very real, just like the science of progression. Um, and if y'all didn't see that webinar, man, the cosmic uh, illusion, you have to know that you are a spatial being and that space has memory. But to up the ante, you know, there's a whole other part of this thing that deals with um, the intelligence of space knowing that you're growing. So how can I make that make sense real fast? Let's just say hypothetically, you know, Jew, he's a Gemini, so he's born at 3 o'clock, right? And, and Nikki, she's a Cancer, so she's born when the sun was at 4 o'clock, right? So let's just look at these two people. Jew is at 3 o'clock, Nikki is at 4 o'clock. They're, one's a Gemini, one's a Cancer, right? So let's just say when 30 years pass, when they both turn 30 years old, right, because it's only 30 degrees to a zodiac sign, technically you progress to another zodiac sign. So Jew, by progression, moves up to 4 o'clock. Nikki, by progression, moves up to 5 o'clock. This is a true, actual science that matches. The heaven says, although you're a physical body and you're becoming older on your birthday, now you're one years old, now you're two years old, now you're three years old. The area of space of where the sun was when you were born, 3 o'clock for you, right, is going to slowly start making its way towards 4 o'clock to physically match who you are right now a real science called progression. In your human terms, you call it, I'm more mature now. I'm older. I don't do the things I do that I was younger. Mm-hmm. That's what you call it in human terms. In this science, we call it progression. So there's an area of space that corresponds to, A, where things were at when you were born, called your birth chart or memory. And then there's a whole other area of space that deals with, um, that mirrors exactly who you are right now. And guess what? You carry both energies because you're always who you are when we take that snap, that snapshot of the heavens, i.e. your birthday that you celebrate every year and you go to the extent and have parties and make it known and you wear a dollar and pin it on your T-shirt so the whole world can know. So that's very real. And then this progression of who you are right now, being 30 years old, 40 years old, however however old you are, is a real science as well that corresponds to space. So I love the nodes because it's not dealing with physical bodies, like what you heard earlier with Jew said about you not being able to scripture talks about, well, shit, if you don't understand these physical things, how, how could you even possibly understand that of the Heavenly Father? Or when Nikki said, when you understand the cosmos, you can't see past Saturn with the naked eye. So the seven days of the week, Monday, Moon Day, and Saturday, the day of Saturn, Sunday, the day of the sun, these seven planets that correspond with the seven days of the week, it stops with Saturn. At certain times of the year, you can see Saturn, and it will appear as a star. That's what you think it looks like, but it's really a planet that is reflecting the light of the sun, but since it's so far away, it looks like a star, but it's really a planet. Anything past the gatekeeper, Saturn, 
You cannot see it, as Nikki was talking about earlier. But it doesn't mean that it's not there, clearly. Because on a Uranus transit, and I showed this on YouTube, Hip Hop Astrology TV, on YouTube, I showed this with T.I. Um, uh, Tiny, his wife, because the planet Uranus is in the same position where the moon was, which represents feminine energy, where the moon was when he was born. So when the planet Uranus gets inside of the same region of space or in your chart, when it hits your seventh house cusp, making this grand entry, saying, knock, knock, I'm about to come on your DC, I'm about to come inside of your seventh house, you can expect sudden changes. So this is the planet, i.e. Aquarius, Uranus, is the planet of what we would call sudden upheaval, also known as divorce. You see what I'm saying? So these areas of space are very intelligent, but the nodes to come back around is not even a physical body. It represents a, a point of perception, uh, uh, but it's a uh, very a real observation. Uh, it's a, That's right. It's a, right. It's a, it's a hypothetical. Now, some hardcore astrologers will get upset, right, when right, they'll say, oh, no, it can't happen unless this is right there, and this has got to be right there. But yet turn around and use a node placement to make a description about a, a certain attribute of your consciousness, whether in the now or in the past or in the future, however we're utilizing the marker, on something that was not physically right there at the time that you were born. You see? So That's right. We under, the priesthood understands that, so you got to remember, hypotheta, hypotheta, that the word theta is in there, which means you're, 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 you're creating something, right? That's that theta way that we talk about in the membership that's actually stimulated from the structure in the body that corresponds with the physical space. And so once you understand that, um, you know, y'all going y'all gonna to get off Donald Trump with these alternative facts too, man. Y'all going to have to get off uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Trump because, because they understand. You know what it is? It's difficult for – and this is where – this is where the lower dynamic of the Gemini thing comes in. And listen, I'm qualified to talk about it because I'm three planets deep in Gemini, but I've grown, okay, as far as understanding how this thing really works. The, 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 the deal is if we, we can't see it on paper, right, if people can't perceive it on paper and some ancient person didn't say it two or 3,000 or four or 5,000 years ago, then anything that we're saying or creating that is out of the range of your concept of what can be proven on paper or even mathematically, right, then it offends people, man. You know what I mean? But it's clear that even in some of these practices that we use outside of the craft of astrology, that we're using hypotheticals. We're using alternative facts. Damn it, the moon wasn't right there, damn it. It wasn't right there. That's just a fact. It's, right there. it's just a fact. It wasn't right there. So that's a fact that you're using an alternative hypothetical to make an assessment about a person's personality or character traits. You see? So we have to we have to, we have to advance and that's what the priesthood is here for. We're here to advance your thoughts past the regular you know, usage of what people use these tools for so that we can gain control of our own personal lives and the people who we love and and just grow, man, and develop, you know? Facts. Facts. Nick, you want to add on to that? Anybody else press one? Well, we have to wrap it up. 
Is it? We good? I think so. This week was pretty thorough. <laughs> All right then. That's what it is then. Um man, look, man, it's a pleasure. It always is. You know what I mean? Um you know, sometimes I'll be wanting to have real talk, man. But you know, fine stash, man. You start fine, find a nice house. Um, again, this is just a part of you that represents a higher calling. You know, far as, you know, things to study in a sense of how you expand in your life. It's a very lucky energy. Um, you know, I'm gonna tell y'all something, man. You know, understanding this frequency in totality, um, this last Gratitude to success and prosperity was predicated upon understanding the Sagittarian energy. And I created that particular last book club under a certain alignment that totally resonated with this. And, you know, again, we just from the school of thought, don't don't tell me Jupiter represents abundance and prosperity. If it does, then how do you start to seek abundance and live a more prosperous life then, since it represents that? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And can you translate that into some type of physical approach, uh, action, where it manifests itself in your life and it don't purely stay in the realm of philosophical ideas? I'll close with this. You know, um, I never touched the tarot aspect of this conversation Inside of this dialogue, because this is just this is just a surface. We ain't even talk about we ain't talked about nothing like that for real, for real. On how deep this science goes, but not deep far as further and further away. But it's all within yourself, and the symbolism in tarot, uh, Sagittarius is a card called Temperance, which is known as the Holy Guardian Angel. And when you understand the symbology on that particular card, um, with the angel has one foot on land, earthly matters, and another foot in water, spiritual subconscious matters, and it's pouring water from one cup to another cup. Some interpretations say the water is actually magnetized from the lower to the upper, but you can see it as representing hot and cold cups or frequencies of water that this is the ability, the aspect of your own consciousness to be able to successfully marry the spiritual laws and mystical understanding of the philosophies, hence the water on this card, and how to make it a physical phenomenon called a positive result in your life, hence the other foot on earth. And when you understand how to do this, when you look at this particular card, there's a crown that sits above the mountains and a pathway that's walking and leading to that particular crown, hence Sagittarius, higher wisdom, higher understanding, these philosophies, the guru marker, as Minister Juice spoke about, who is a Sagittarius rising, Nikki, who is really not a cancer, um, who by a technique called chart signature, I did this with Michael Jackson. It's an old video of me on YouTube talking about the astrological autopsy of Michael Jackson. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I pointed out Michael Jackson, although a Virgo, had more energy in Leo when he was born. Hence, Leo was children in love and romance. And here's a grown-ass man who had Never Neverland, a big-ass carnival and amusement park in his backyard with a chimpanzee called Bubbles who had sleepovers with little kids. 
okay? That's Leo and children. Why? Because he had more cosmic energy when he was born in Leo than he did his own personal sign of Virgo. And we saw this energy manifest itself. This is why in this science, you got to look a little bit beyond the surface of a zodiacal newspaper astrology reading. You'll never get it if you stop right there. All right, because obviously things that will contradict itself. But my point is, when you understand the Sag frequency, um, Ju said it cleverly, it is the mark of the guru. Um, it is a mark that I have, Ju have with Sag Rise, and Nick has, as a lot of her energy is in Sagittarius and not solely Cancer. We can accurately and cosmically um, have this conversation that I can prove without a shadow of a doubt when it comes to this. You want to talk about divine coincidence? Uh, I'm the Johnny Cochran of it. I can show you the divine mandate in which we speak this great truth to you, and that's very important to me, and and I can do that clearly. And um, so with that, find it in your chart, elevate yourself, love yourself, the part of the physical body. Sagittarius deals with the largest nerve. Look at that. The largest planet is Jupiter. The largest nerve in your body is called the sciatica. It deals with the sciatica nerve and also the liver. The physical bodies is the hips, the thighs. Oh, my. That's why I married a Sagittarius. I got hooked right in that zone. Trust me when I tell you this. It's very real. So if you're with a Sagittarius, it don't even matter if you're not, to empower this particular zone in your own body, you can put loving energy on your liver, which sits on the right side of the body under your nipple and chest cavity, right, the right side of the body. And then if you're in a relationship, you can share that loving energy to the liver, but you can also put your hands on those hips and thighs that we love so much, all right? So put it right there and put your empowering, loving energy and focus right there to bring up that Sagittarian energy within yourself. Minister Jew closes out. Give it to Nick and do what we do. Uh, man. Beautiful man, show today. Uh, yeah, no, beautiful show today. Appreciate the wisdom. I'm always learning, man. You know, got a lot to teach, but always in the most learn. So these ideas, like when you other people talk, man. And then you've been thinking about something for a while, and all of a sudden it just opened up, boom. So um, great show today, as always. Uh, you know, we got some stuff coming up. Make sure to tight, myastrologycoach.com. We got a annual, our first annual appreciation dinner. We're going to be sharing some wisdom that you hear us talk about on these radio shows, blogs, and whatever else you may catch myself, Nikki, and Ampu. Um, along with the rest of the family. You know, we got some people who've been supporting us, you know, at least since 2011, you know, that I can really count uh, as far as my participation goes. You know, uh, the 12 Love Fund members, we got some people who've been there for five, six years, man, who've been holding on strong, giving the calls, you know, something that we created uh, from my child, myself, and Pooh Those people, you know, we got people who've been in the act work for years, we want to honor those people, have a good time. Uh, I remember the Imagination Guru here on the radio and other people, John, who called in on the show today, he's a member. So uh, all of these people, man, you know, we want to show some appreciation to them, have a good time, spread some love, be in the company of the people who support one another. And it is, you know, so we can keep elevating both 
uh, ourselves and collectively the world, you know, that we live in. So uh, make sure you can get there if you can. Uh, I'm a, uh, we can have some fun. I'm trying to get Ampu to do the Philadelphia Exposed on Sunday. Uh, take people out from some of the sonic markers in the city um, that has some, you know, some corresponding meaning to some other things, both cosmically and and and, and wise. It's always fun to tap into that and, and expose it, as we call it on the DVD, uh, Philadelphia Exposed. So hopefully you can do that as well. Um, you know, and man, join the membership, man. Go to the site, uh, imaginationguru.com. It's something popping over there. Dropping a lot of jewels. All my members be on the lookout this weekend. I'm going to be dropping some stuff. I mentioned it yesterday, dealing with this whole copy and paste phenomenon as far as how when these things start to appear in the physical world from the subjective appropriation, when these things start to show up, how we should classify them. You know, I mean, I know we were on yesterday. And as soon as we start talking about it, then it popped right up in my reality to be like immediately, right? Instantly. I mean, like instantly. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like instantly, like three seconds instantly. And uh, it happens all the time, man. You know what I mean? But it's always fresh to experience it in real time, man. So I'm going to make an MP3 for you guys. So be on the look for it this weekend. And one last thing. I created a technique from negative traumas and emotions. Any mental things, physical things, all you do. You always find yourself back to the living things. Neuroscience and through consciousness, how do we appropriate these things subjectively to alter memory? You know, to reboot memory. Uh, and I've created a technique called the Positron Path that is completely nothing like nobody has in the world. It's really priceless, you know what I mean? But I'm here to share it with the people in my demographic um, so that you can spread it to other people because community, let's just keep it a buck, man. A lot of black folks been through. A lot of stuff, man, and I don't like to talk about the pain and the drama or the trauma. I like to fix it. That's the only way we fix it is to get in there and deal with it. About it, you could be a victim by it. But the circumstances that happen, if you classify it, then you're always going to be a slave to it. And so I created something to get people out of that muck so that they can go on a different trajectory in life. And we're going to get into the science of it. So it's going to start on April 30th. Uh, it's a 21-day challenge. It'll be up on the site in a few days. The flyer work is coming in the next 24 hours, so it'll be available. Uh, I want anybody that really needs it to participate, you know what I mean? So visit the site, theimaginationguru.com. Click on the Shops tab. It'll be under Webinars uh, when it becomes available in the next few days. That's it for me, man. Awesome, son. Yeah. Um, Y'all know my usual family YouTube, Nikki Builder um, Check out my day job NikkiDNovaCollection.BigCartel.com And y'all can see um, What I do during the daytime In addition to that um, I I did have a few people To email me about uh, The balancing program And I just wanted to throw the word Out there that I haven't forgotten about it Um, 
it was something that I had to sit with for a, a little while um, because I felt that there was something missing to it. Um, you know, Noble talked about it earlier in the show, this idea that if we just stop at, you know, the newspaper version of astrology, we're not going to gain much from that because it's very limited, right? Um, if I were to stop there, then that would prevent me from having an understanding of my very Sagittarian energy. Um, so what occurred to me in, in approaching um, wanting to do that particular program, um, my spirit kept holding me back because I understood that there was there was an element that I was missing, and it, it took me a little time to figure out what it was. Um, thankfully, willfully, prayerfully, um, as I had folks reaching out to me inquiring about that particular service, um, and I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a trial and error person. I got to kind of experiment with it for a little bit, and that's my that's my intellect at play, and, you know, let me deal with it from this perspective and see how it works. But what I understand to be true is that um, in all things, I have to allow myself to operate from uh, the space of my spirit and not solely from my intellect. And I finally figured out what the piece was that was missing from it, and um, that element being a, a conversation um, with the inquirer, um, because originally when I approached it and, and Noble and I kind of bounced the idea back and forth, it was like, okay, we'll just have them send you, you know, their birth information, location, and all of that stuff, and just, you know, draw everything up on the chart. And what came to me is the fact that I also needed to have a conversation with folks who were inquiring about the information or wanting to get this particular reading. Um, and so uh, I, I realized that to be true. One time uh, Noble sent me a picture, and he was like, scan this picture for me, Nick. And I was like, what? What you want me to see? I don't see nothing, right? And 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 I talked about it earlier. We all have various different gifts and we have various different challenges and our gifts show up in in different ways so what I realized was my gift is going to show up in the way that my gift operates and so for me in, in particular um, a part of my gift is is an ability just to listen to people. But as I said before, not just listening to your conversation, not just listening to or watching your body language, but more specifically um, in having that conversation and an ability to listen ultimately to people's spirits. And so I've been I've been kind of kind of testing it out and, and testing out my, my program on folks. And, and what occurred to me um, is that that was the piece that was missing. So um, I, I realized that this this balancing program, this elemental balancing program that I'm, I'm rolling out also requires um, a conversation um, because I can I can leave it at the basics for you and just give you you know a general drawing up of of what your elements are and what your elemental makeup is, but the the next piece for me um, is is having the conversation so that I can draw it. Um, and draw the parallels and, and, and really look at the mirrors and the reflections in your actual life. So the other element of that being the conversation that your spirit is trying to have with you. Um, and so y'all can look out for a flyer for that um, real soon. Um, but I did want to touch on that because, like I said, I had some folks inquiring about that. And so I just wanted to – I figured that if, if I had gotten a couple questions on one end, there were probably other questions um, um, in, in other spaces as well. So I just wanted to speak to that today, um, but we'll be sure to um, roll out some more information for y'all so that y'all can um, 
get that information. And other than that, uh, we're going to close out the show, and we look forward to seeing y'all next week, family, when we discuss Capricorn. Yeah, give them the email for you. Hey, hey, the email hey. Me, you can reach both Noble and myself at the Zodiac Lovers at gmail dot com. Reach us over there. Questions, comments, feedback, we love it. Um, Noble and I, this is this is our favorite conversation right here. Um, the inquiries to the universe, the inquiries to our higher selves and higher consciousness. We love the feedback. We love the questions. Please feel free and 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 encouraged to contact us over there again. That's the Zodiac Lovers at gmail dot com. Um, and we look forward to your feedback and questions in the meantime, in between time, and we'll see you all next week.